BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, fire, 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 fire. I'm just doing this. All right. We're going live. We're going live <laughs> right now. We're just waiting for Malcolm. Um, I'm just copying links. So we're good. Yeah, we're just trying to get some people to know that this is a thing now. But by, by the way, sitting across from you is like a little it's inti- weird, it, huh? It's it's a little weird, it's a little intimidating cuz like I know we drove to Vegas and that was just full open forum with no mics. Yep. And so now I sit here and I know how much fun that was, but I also know that how these things will live on forever. Yeah, exactly. But you don't but you you have zero fucks given. No, nah, no, nah, I don't give a fuck. It's just people that's what the people want. That's what that's the beauty of the the whole podcast game is that people just want to <coughs> fucking listen to real we're sick of like the, well, in Jersey today. The cookie cutter. Yeah, it's just like people yeah, don't give it. a fuck. Just do set it up right there. So flip, flip it. Yeah, and then do it. All right, Malcolm's, cool. Malcolm's we're all now dialed. live. We're live on three platforms apparently. Yeah, apparently we're live there. You are now live. live. I almost jacked out on that. Ah, there good. we go. So, so this is this is Gypsy Tales. This is all right. We've we've started uh started with the golf podcast. And then that, that's been super fun. So I thought, um, oh, do you want me to fuck with that, Nick? Are oh, you good? We're just, sorry, we're tweaking some setup shit right now. There we go. There it is. Um, yeah, so we started with the golf thing. And that was, I just, it was fucking fun, man. Like, I just, I didn't really realize how fun it is to put your phones away, sit down, and have a legitimate conversation. Like, there's no fucking text. Even the fact that the headphones are on. The headphones are there. There's no noise. There's no bullshit. You can't hear fucking traffic. You can't hear people talking shit at the coffee. Like, it's different. This is the only space where I think you can have a real conversation. Unless it's just like you and a friend sitting down in a quiet house. But you know what I mean? Like, there's totally. always something pulling you out yeah. of conversations. Fucking these That's things are vibing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, to do this with your friends, like Vegas. Yeah. We had no distractions going to Vegas. Zero. Zero. And we just fucking talked shit the whole time. And it was so fun. Like that, gone. That was out of there. And I had a pretty savage hangover that day too. And I actually think we were the only ones to drive to Vegas to go to, a major, to go to a major event, get offered all kinds of wristbands to all the parties, and then drive home and, not, and not even go out. Dude, this is how enthused we were to go to Monster Cup. That we couldn't find <laughs> will call. So we almost said fuck it, <laughs> it because, we, because we spent an hour looking for Wilco. We said, like, oh, fuck, who cares? Let's just go home. Dude, the, the people watching was insane, though. Like, I mean, oh. you just get the Ross, like weekend warriors out there, the, the, the bills, like the freaking flannels, like the jerseys. The, when hey, that guy comes up, he's like, James Stewart, the, original, was, original. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to take that from you, but it looks like an original. That OG. was legit. That was I legit. Actually, yeah, I actually did. Full beard, whole oh. deal, mullet. 
we we were saying too that um how funny is it that like we were that dude oh for sure because all of us here and actually let's give a shout out to fucking nick p for real quick we don't have a camera on Nick. oh p. yeah oh, turn nick, that thing around right there, right there. He's, yeah, let's put him on the Instagram. We got to get him on. There the Instagram we go. There's line. our dog. So Thanks Nick, guys. Nick P is the man. So this is this is quite fitting with uh, what's up Malcolm's Instagram. Um, <laughs> so this is quite fitting because the whole gypsy tales thing. So I'm basically just a gypsy on on Nick's. Well, I'm actually got a bed, but normally uh, my gypsy life has leads me to like people's couches. So we're doing uh, this on Nick's couch. So <laughs> How just feel like I feel like it's quite fitting. Um, it is actually. So I guess let's just do a bit of an actual intro because um, we sort of just started talking. Yeah. Um, Malcolm McCassie. Yes, sir. You're our first guest. Joined by Dude. Nick Avenue. Oh, the man. I've actually, it's, it's, it's kind of funny it is how funny. this works it out, is, It's almost know? like not ancestral, but weird. You know, it's like the six degrees of separation. Yeah. And so I remember watching your, you on like Mini Warriors. <laughs> oh, <laughs> big dogs. Just the full... Full mini warriors deal, and then now your infamous fucking <coughs> crash Instagram. <laughs> it is so oh, good. Dude, his crash Instagram is so good. Is that what we're calling it? No, I don't actually know. Scaled back quite a bit recently, but uh, but yeah, it actually took a life of its own. It was actually interesting because I'd walk into places, and people would ask me, "Wow, are you any four seven? I would just laugh and, and yeah. And, oh, so your good. crash videos are so rad. And I'm like, huh. This isn't my identity. I'm not the crash guy video, but they are funny. Well, you know who's you know who else had that happen to him was Eli for Brodacross. Exactly. So Eli comes out with this thing. He's no one. Like he knows a couple dudes yeah. um, through, you know, like the mass holes, like the whole Massachusetts crew. And then he starts doing this thing. The, the dude could be a Hollywood writer. Like Absolutely. he's that good at writing. Yeah. And his it was just like this funny <laughs> outlet that he did to be Brodacross. And wrong. then now, Pete, like, dude, I've legitimately been in fucking clubs with Eli where chicks have come up to him going, are you Brodacross? And like Daytona, <laughs> for example. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, no shit. And like, so Nick met him. We went out to Taco Tuesday like a, a year, a year ago or something. And he's like, fuck, man, that was Brodacross. And it's like funny how people like with the crash the right. you know what I mean? Like you end up just being this entity. That you don't even realize well, that's I mean, the power of social media. But I mean, I, I think when you hack culture and you go in and like, like he was stripping crashes that no one's seen. I mean, half the ones I looked at him, I'm like, did that kid survive? And he actually posted <laughs> one he took down because literally the kid's down. buddy called and said, dude, he's in bad shape. And he didn't know because he's been, you know, stripping yeah. him down. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, I don't want. I I don't want to obviously <laughs> condone that by hey, any means. Total like, dick, dude. He's like, he's all, dude. Aw. This guy ate it. That's so sick. Let's capitalize on it. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Just like are you monetizing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, I made at least a G off your crash. Thanks, doggy. Never, dude. So I want to get into some shit. Okay. Just like before we even get into it, I've got on the screen <laughs> the fucking Meek Mill deal, is crazy, that he's now looking at a two to four year jail sentence. For violating his probation. So, Nick, go to that camera three on the switch off. Um, so, I pulled it up because you've, you've been close with Meek Mill for, like, years. Yeah. So, dude, that what what's going on with that shit? Well, it's kind of funny because actually the last post on my uh, on my Instagram right mm. now is a shot of me and him. The first One of the first times I took him and his boys on dirt because, obviously, they ripped the bike life yeah. in the street. And I, 
I guess here's my thing is like life is so controversial. Everyone wants to attack for every, every different little thing, but I got to know these guys really well. Yeah. Um, Coon Philly, O'Malley talk, uh, Chino was like 14, 15 years old. Yeah. I mean like James Stewart and, and everyone will uh, Twitch will be like, dude, can't touch what you do on a wheelie, how you sway that thing, oh, do that little yeah. swagger on the back end with a hand, you know, the whole deal. But <clears throat> it's so crazy. This thing's blowing up. Cause when we started Meek, Meek was been on probation since he was like, I think yeah. 18, 17 and his probation officer had such an, and she just like wanted, a vendetta, like, like example. Okay. Give us your whole schedule. He'd give the whole schedule to, to his probation officer that he'd be like, okay, I'm going to be in San Diego. If he broke his probation, that basically, of course, he could go back to jail. Yeah. Literally, they, I believe it was a she, had the whole schedule and then would be like, be to, be to Philly within three hours. He's like, you have my schedule. You know, you know the that physics I, I'm not even this, here. Right? I can't be there. So it was like the one thing that I saw multiple times was like he couldn't even live his life. Yes, he made a yeah. crime. Yes, he did something wrong. I'm sure we're all innocent, right? We've never done anything. Yeah. You know, but it's like the judging and the craziness. But. His probation officer, of course, when you see a guy that's worked hard, that came from getting shot at to all of a sudden, cr you know, creating this crazy energy, finding his zone with the whole music, the bike life, the whole deal. And he's yeah. making money. He's flying on jets. He's doing his thing. That's a target. Jealousy. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so anyways, that's the original one. So where my where my opinion comes from and all this stuff happening is that I watched how bad he suffered with the probation officer. Finally got a another a, a new probation officer. What what happens then? He's. Dating other big names. Yeah. He's going through all this crazy stuff. He's blowing up and everything's going great. Got in a little controversy with, uh, you know, some other, you know, some artists and stuff, but he was doing his thing. And then you hear the thing about the judge saying, Hey, you give me a shout out. Basically. Give me a shout yeah, out on a, on a boys. Hey, give me a shout out on a boys to men. Literally like at the time he was dating Nicki Minaj and said, Hey, give me a shout. And he's like, and he's dude, Nick is just, Meek is just humble. Yeah. He, he'll just be straight up. But I, I, I appreciate it. Cause he's never let me down. He's always came through. I mean, whether I'm at a club that's sold out or some event of his and he'll just be like, get my boys in. He's always been a stand up dude. And it's like, when you look at life and how cynical and just corrupt everything is, I'm like he's actually a little, a, a little, guy, a little, yeah. a little Irish white dude doesn't deserve to get in. And this guy's like always have my back. Same with O'Malley and all his boys. They just stand for what's right. Yeah. Does that mean they don't do wrong? Wheeling a dirt bike. I went to court when I was six, eight, 10 and 12 because I'd take my bike down the streets when a lot of crazy chaos is going on in my house, a lot of drugs and crazy things. I was a little dude. So I just go pin it down, beer up, you know, <laughs> down to the local seven 11, you know, but I guess the hard part for me is this is like, everyone will be like, well, you should learn. You should not do things wrong. You should. I'm like, dude, he, when you're on probation, if you sneeze or walk wrong or show up a minute late, it's almost like worse than like being late. The to original class. crime. Yeah. Well, it's it. they treat it like it's worse than the original crime and the crazy, like, so I was looking into it. Um, I didn't even know any of the shit was really going down. And I was talking to Jeremy about you coming on and Jeremy's like, Oh yeah, you got to talk about the Meek Mill thing. I was like, fuck the Meek Mill thing. And, um, and then, <laughs> so I like read up about it and it's like, uh, I didn't see what his, what was his original thing? Like what, what is, cause it was 10 years ago that he, you he know, was on I, probation. I, it was when I had all the details a while ago, but it had something to do with yeah. a gun. Yeah. I think yeah. Nick had a little, it yeah, had something to do sure. with a gun, but by the way, Every his, motherfucker his, has guns in America, and his, people. Dude, his story, no different than many genuine guys out there that grew up in real, you know, real situations. I mean, guys that I look up to and knew were at like Nipsey Hustles and guys like that. It's like we don't have not everybody. And I'm sorry, everyone's got their own story. Like mine was crazy in its own way. Dude, survival was no joke to get yeah. out of the hood is no Fuck joke. Yeah. And then when you watch someone persevere and push through this whole deal. So, yeah, he got busted. 
I'm sure he knows, okay, cool, I did wrong, whatever. That was like 17, 18. He's now like, what, 28 years old in that yeah. area? And it's like you're 28 years old. You've been on probation for 10 years, and you literally had to live your life knowing that people were trying to find something wrong so they could bust you. Yeah. And I just think that that in our society right now, I think we have a lot more problems to like, that are crazy. Oh, but, for sure. But, so anyways, my, my opinion on it is this. I think it's, I think it's screwed. I think, I think everything is subject to the situation. And, yeah. and so you can't say, well, here's the law from 1800 that says, yeah. that, you know, whatever. It's like, it's not 1800. It's like, you they know, wrote that shit with a feather. Yeah. The feather was like something, <laughs> some dude bled and it was blood. Who knows? You know, but <laughs> nobody makes me bleed my own blood, but, but it's anyway. So I just think, I just think the simple term is this is like two to four years. And like, literally, I honestly don't read a ton of stuff. I talked to some of his boys, but he wheelied, whatever, put on something, broke up a couple fights, you know, yeah. and, and, and literally, I mean, but look at his post. I mean, the guy took the entire boys and girls club to, you know, to an NBA game and, and then, brought them all down. I mean, the guy's doing crazy things. I mean, you know, the, uh, the brand I launched Ethica, he, he literally, there's a, there's a big event about to go down giving back to the kids in Philly. You know, it's just like, it's just too many things are on the positive yeah. to like try to do a two to four years for something 10 years ago. And like the, the crazy thing to me is that the punishment doesn't befit the crime and a anyone could see that. Like if I took the fuck Nick's dirt bike out right now and I fucking wheel it up and down the street, nothing would happen to me. <laughs> dude, look, for that, real. That's the Aussie mentality though. That's, no, that's like, where you come in. Dude, but for real, nothing would happen. Well, I might have, I've been to court here one time for driving without plates on my car. I didn't have, I didn't have plates. And then it was like, I went in and the chick's like, what do you, what's the deal with it? Why didn't you have plates? And I was like, oh, I just didn't get them in the mail yet. She's like, oh, then what about the driving without a licensing? I was like, well, I've got a license. I've got an Australian. I'm Australian. I'm not American. Like, so like, I have a license. I just can't get a California one. So then she's just like, all right, cool. Well, you need to leave here with something. So just $200. At the she, she literally asked me, are you cool with paying a $200 fine? And I was like, yeah, I can pay a $200 fine. So she goes, all right, well, on the way, you walk downstairs, and then there's like a, a place, and you tell them the slip, here's a slip, and then paid 200 bucks, and that was it. So, like, that was for my, my, what I went to court for was driving without a license and having, not having plates on a vehicle. I mean, dude, you, hey, you come all soft spoken. You got your glasses on right now. I, I, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to feel there might be some other size of the story. Like, a, <laughs> I don't know. If it was, a, I don't know. I don't saying. know if it was a hit and run. I don't know what's going is on. Is that here. like hashtag white privilege though? <laughs> like, is I, that is that the definition of white I, privilege? I don't know. This bearded bandit though, I think was up to something. Yeah, Ned Kelly's Ned Kelly status. <laughs> but like, but so the thing is, yeah, you're looking at doing two to four years. That it's a weird punishment culture to me. Like, why punish a dude? If I'm the judge, right? And I go, this motherfucker's rich. Meek Mill's got money, right? So then you get this dude, and you're like, he's rich, he's got notoriety, especially within Philly. And like, argue, like America, he's a massive name. Yeah. So wouldn't you go, like, <clears throat> what's the point of sending a dude with money and influence to prison where he can't do shit and he just goes back into a system? If you're the judge, why don't you go, all right, man, I'm going to sentence you to two to four years of community service where you teach kids about guns, where you have to donate some of the money that you've got. Like, wouldn't you rather put someone into like a positive system than a negative system? Like the, say you're just a black dude in Philly, you're in the hood, you got caught doing the same thing. Then it's like, 
not that I can understand that you'd send them to prison, but it's like that dude doesn't have as much to offer to society. So it's like you've got this message that's being spread right now. Like, so Mick Mill goes, he's going to have a career in two to four years. He's coming out and his shit will be in the charts. Absolutely. So it's like, but what's he going to fucking rap about now? He's going to rap about fuck the system, fuck this, fuck that. Like, there's a lot of negativity that would come out of one judge making one call. But you could rewrite the whole... Like, how many people would listen to a Mick Mill song? Like, if we went on Spotify right now, what would his top thing... It'd be millions and millions and millions. So there's a message in that. And a lot of it's kids, a lot of it's black kids. So it's like, here's an opportunity to flip the script and instead of going, fuck you, you're going to jail for two to four years, for doing nothing, essentially nothing. Like, I've been in fights where it wasn't my fault. Like, literally been hit in the face by a chick because my friend prove it prove it <laughs> but you know what i mean like i was in i was out we were nightclubbing my friend was a motocross racer never drinks in his life had a few too many drinks said to a chick show us your tits sound familiar nick <laughs> yeah no, nope don't know what you're talking about <laughs> she goes show us your tits chick thought it was me punched me in the face boyfriend tackles me i haven't got like i didn't have shit to do with that like i can't preemptively stop my friend from saying something dumb to a chick so that's the thing, like you could cut it a bunch of different ways where it's say like you got it takes two to tango. It doesn't always take two to tango. So I wasn't there for the Meek Mill fight, but like fuck, what did he you know what I mean? So the I guess the point is you've got this culture of punishing people for shit. And it's like, don't don't you have a chance with a guy that's super influential, he's got money, to now be like, let's make an example for good. I'm not gonna send you to prison. Now you're going to have to, you know, you got to do this. And he already does, like you said, with the Ethica thing. Like, he already is doing good shit for the community. So now, he, if, if he goes back to jail, you're putting a dude in, he spends a whole time writing lyrics about fuck the system and continues the narrative, which is so rampant in America right now, of white privilege and black, black oppression. Just fucking adds to the narrative. At what point, can, you know, do you break the cycle of that? And that's the thing yeah. that I struggle. And, and uh, you know, saying, oh, I want to shout out and shit, like, come on, dude. You've made it so clear what your intention is with this sentencing. Like, you can't, you can't hide from that now. Yeah, I just, I am, honestly, I got, my biggest thing is this is <clears throat> I, never, I never fit into the system. You know, I was, uh, you know, I was told I was going to fail. I was, you know, pushed out of different things. I was almost in a special ed type class as yeah. a snack because, like, I wasn't meshing with what was going on, how they were teaching and and obviously now that's a little more accepted but i think people are too busy judging and trying dying trying to diagnose things when they haven't really lived them or went through the trenches of that yeah i mean like i said i and i, I truly believe the system is broken and there's a lot of people Ooh. trying to fix it but like like i said if 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 meek was popping guns and not wheelies yeah. I'd be like, you know, Meek, dude, you got you money. Can't shoot people, you got, son. You got money in the bank. Your career's going <laughs> yeah. good. You have all this great things. You got tight squad. You're traveling around the world. I mean, life is good. You're able to you're do. You're banging week. Nicki Minaj, I son. Mean, dude, I mean, and you, you know, you moved on, and you're on to even probably new stuff. I don't even know about, but I want to know what up, Meek. <laughs> uh, I want to know these things, but you know, it's just that's the crazy thing is like, and I and I posted that. I said, I said, you know, popping wheelies, not guns, and it's like ten years ago plus. Yes, that was a situation. Seventeen, eighteen survival life whatever we don't have to get in a situation yeah. i'm only saying this as an example that regardless of your skin color what nationality whatever the world's got a lot of issues and everyone's pointing everyone's judging and it's like you know like 
you know, when you meet certain people, like, you know, Nick would be like, oh, dude, he's a, he's a total, he's a total asshole. And I'd be like, I'll be like, if I took that and I went and I met you and I said, oh, dude, you're an asshole. Be, and I don't even know, but really when you met him, no one knew that you lost a family member. Yeah. Something was sick, something was happening, but it's so easy to go, oh, well, Meek's an idiot. He should have been, no, he's on probation. Okay, cool. Honestly, I don't even know enough to tell because I don't know every situation. Yeah. I just know that the facts that I do have, most importantly, that he's a stand-up good dude. That well, is, And you know that from experience. I know like that from experience, experience from hanging out with him. And, and like here's, here's a true example. So I, I went to the BET Awards. I went to his trailer. And uh, Rich Kleiman. How dare you? Yeah, dude, so I, that's, how I, that's how I roll, <laughs> dude. So that's how, dude. I know. <laughs> you have no business being there. Hey, v- Villapoto asked the same question. <laughs> 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 I'm just throwing it out there. But but um, I've always been around the music, the hip-hop, the different things, the culture. So it's like, yeah, dude, I look like the least person ever that they should ever even want to hang out with or whatever. And, I'm, and I probably am. But for some <laughs> reason, I've always meshed, got along with them. It's been good. But... I was because I don't see colors, man. I did. I hey, straight up. I got that's how it should be. Yeah, that's how it should be. Bring them all in here. I love it all. <laughs> so, so, but anyways, we went back and like you know, and and I'm out of my garage. I've been trying to build Ethica like crazy. Like I said, I'm pretty much making decisions on my own for like probably 12 years. And uh, and anyways, we go into the, his trailer, and Nick or uh, Meek's already been rocking Ethica's this and that, and his management comes in, and and uh, and it, it wasn't um, it wasn't Jay Z. You know, it was Rock Nation, like Rich Kleiman, mm. the guys, and, and Rich is like, we need this percentage of your company. We need this. We need this and that for Meek to wear it, whatever. Respectful because Rich, you know, you know, Kleiman's a man. But then all of a sudden I sat there. I'm a broke kid on food stamps, T-Rex arms, you know, like there's lint in my pockets. About, you know, that's about all I'm stacking. And Meek looked at that point and said, Malcolm, you've been good to me. And he said, I like your product. I'm going to fuck with you. And I and at that point, literally, he, he didn't have to. He got me more exposure. Him and his team got us on Kevin Hart. And every player and everything and literally I have people messaging me all the time that because of I didn't know about your brand until Meek Mill. Yeah. So and yeah. once again, zero dollars to this day, really close to you know, like like not at the scope of what these guys make, like zero dollars. You know, so I mean I'm saying not many people would do that and yeah. that's greed and that's this and that that's selfishness and all these things. So yes, my experiences come from all the stuff going down and watching it all and going, dude, I have nothing but respect. I think the world's just gone banana sandwich and then, you know, they need to figure shit out and they need to actually have a conversation like this and we can get to the bottom of it. At the end of this yeah. conversation, you go, dude, Malcolm, like everything he said, he's an asshole. And like, and that's your, that's your freedom to do that. But until you know enough, because you know, like I said, you can't say, well, 10 years ago, Malcolm did this. I give everyone grows and everyone like, like me and him lived together <laughs> 10 years ago. He was my first employee at Ethica, right? First employee. And like I said, I sponsored him as a, you know, amateur motocross kid. When he was like 10, 12, did all his deals, this and that. Moved in with me, ended up uh, marrying his amazing wife, Lacey. Of course, now 10 years, 31 years old, but this is like 21. I just started a brand. I'm going crazy. I'm out of my house, and I have a newly married couple living there, and I'm trying to figure out my life. We were button heads. This is now 10 years later. We're sitting next to each other. Guess what? All that's rearview mirror. Doesn't even matter, but it, we laugh about it because it's the things you grow and go through, or else we could sit here and be like, why am I even sitting with you, dude? 10, 10 years ago, you were, you were an idiot. You did this, you did that, and we'd be going back and forth. I just think the world needs to grow up. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, when it comes to, like, that whole friend stuff and, and shit that happened in the past, the past is, like, it literally isn't even real. And if you no. look in terms of, like, that's something that I think about a ton. And, yeah, just shit happens when you, you know, 
fucking life. That's life right. happens. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like the thing that like right now I'm touching there so I could fucking give you a high five. I can't high five the past. Yeah. I can't high five a friend that's gone or a, an ex-girlfriend or a, my, a pet that I had when I was a kid. I can't throw It's gone. Yeah. It only lives in your, like, in, in your, your mind. Memories. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it, if, you, if you're willing to just let that shit go, you can start fresh every single second with anyone at any time. Yeah. It's just literally a choice you have it's to make. It's a choice, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's cool. And I think that that, I mean, real friendships too can go through shit. Absolutely. They're not real friendships if they don't go through it, shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of like case in point, me and Malcolm, you know, it's, I think it's the world in general is just not it's just not really understanding that what you just said it's just not understanding it and i think we're kind of at a 50 50 split right now where you got the people who don't understand it you got the people who who kind of do understand it, then you have the 25 percent who do understand it so i think we're kind of like at a barrier right now and knowing it and practicing it are two different things absolutely because i mean i'm trying to think of an example of someone i obviously wouldn't name a name but like Fuck, yeah, there's for sure someone that I would find it, like, there's a dude I had beef with years ago. The dude's a a dick. (laughs) And if he came in here right now and sat down, I'd probably be fucking weird about it. So, like, even though in my head I know, like I just said, the past really only exists in your memory. Right. It still hurts. Of course. And there's still this wiring that kind of goes on or whatever. But I think that, yeah, it's like the more people that can honestly practice it, as opposed to just believe it, right? You know, so it's like that's that's probably where the percentages is. There's probably a lot of people that know that the past is just bullshit, right? But it's like actually, if that dude walked in and sat here, I'd be pretty uncomfortable. If, if, you know some, I mean? if someone intentionally, like, there's intentionally and not intentionally. I think yeah. this: if you're growing up and you're naive, or you're or you grew up, I mean, like I said, someone could be a full cocky cocky a hole because he grew up like with some abuse or some something crazy, and so he took out to uh, on other people like yeah. this guy could have taken it on you right. and that could have been the scenario. But in- intentionally, when you actually know something like, you know, if I stab you, you're going to bleed and you could die. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like a simple thing. But then all of a sudden you go stab, people, you know, like that I would be if that happened. And once again, family and there's certain things, yeah. you know, I always I've been to Australia so many times. And one thing I like about the Australians is that you guys kind of hold it down. You kind of keep it real. You party like motherfuckers. <laughs> You know, but but you kind of hold it down. Like I watched, like, I, 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 yeah. Hey, hey I've got one kidney now. I'm, I'm dude, hey, yeah, I, I didn't realize that he had one. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So your one went out, and you had one. He's like, no, I had one, and I literally smoked that one. And then and then they had to re, oh <laughs> they had to bring back that one with some electric shockers. And like, so that that was our Vegas story. Is like I'm going, okay, so I'm like, are you still here, doggy? No, nah, yeah, because I so I went out the night before. <laughs> Shout out to Nunnamaker. Um, <laughs> did you know Jason Nunnamaker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we had a bunch of boys. We went to New York and um, a, a bunch of the dudes from Tao group were there. And so Derek and Nunnamaker hit me up. They're like, dude, we're having dinner at Tao. And I was like, oh, I could have dinner at Tao. And then uh, so we get to Tao and he's like, it's at 1130. And I was like, fuck, I didn't really want to commit to it. I'm like, no, that's not dinner. That's like you get up in the middle of the night hungry for me. Like I don't eat dinner at 1130. Yeah. So then we went, had dinner. And then, um, <coughs> who was playing? Gucci Mane. Gucci oh. Mane was playing at some club. Oh, no. So they had like a table. Anyway, I, I didn't, this is how bad my kidney situation is right now. 
So I I didn't even have enough drinks to get drunk and I was so hungover the next day. So we drove to Vegas and it took me a minute, man. I had like my hat down and like me and Malcolm had never Wait, even that met. The same? Oh, oh, that's the same? Oh, oh, that just oh, happened. No, oh, no, yeah, that yeah. just happened. No, no, he, I, dude, I totally spaced. Like I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'm on this dad life deal. You know, he's like, and I'm sitting, he's like, I slept for one hour. And I'm like, <laughs> looking at this guy, I'm like, Dia de los Muertos. He looked like, he's like half dead. And he looked over, he's like going strong. Didn't, didn't nap. Right there, right back. Didn't act on the way home either. No, that was tough. Yeah. I was popping five-hour energies because Hammer, hey, Hammer, I love you, David, dude. You slid me into that driver's seat real quick for he, the drive home. And he did to the point where you couldn't even think about it to say no. It no, was like no we choice. were leaving in and out or maybe the stadium, one of the two. And then he goes, yeah, Malk, you're up. And just chucked in the keys and like stood it, it, at the passenger seat. <laughs> like, Genius. He didn't even unlock the car, dude. He didn't even unlock the car. He just threw the keys to Malcolm. Car was still it's locked. It's almost like if you have a decision, do you want to drive to the party or home? I'm like, ah, oh, two, because I'm to getting ripped. Party, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not gonna be driving. I'll be driving Miss Daisy on the way home. What was that? You put on a solid playlist too. We started rocking out oh, to some like. I, I felt my age. Uh, I I feel like I'm pretty versed in. Like, I'm a 70s dude. Yeah. They started singing along with some shit, and I just felt so fucking young in the back. Because I couldn't, I couldn't. Well, I don't remember what I it was. I remember though. what it was. Well, I mean, I know we had some gnarly. We, we hit the 80s hard just because those throwbacks on the way to Vegas always go good, you know? Don't stop. Believe don't it. Don't stop. <laughs> Journey up that. in this. Oh, dude. But yeah. hey, hey, Nick, you can you can tell your story, right? Kind of. Because, I mean, first well, first off, <laughs> first off, he couldn't hide it from his wife because he went to the X Games. He was working for Meadow Militia. Uh, Monster Cup last year. Oh, Monster Cup last year. He's working for Meadow Militia. And anyway, so he can tell the story because obviously the only reason his wife obviously knows because <laughs> he called with <laughs> IVs from uh, the next morning from the hospital. And uh, so I'll let you take it from here, big dog. All right. Well, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, this, is, this is the industry we work in. So you got all these great, and you know, so this is yeah, this is yeah. a heavy one for me. This actually resulted in my soberness, which I'm at now. That's why um, we're. That's you, are you, you like so you're not drinking no, at all? I, I or? mean, you know, maybe a glass of wine once a week. Like or, very rarely. Like, like not, very very rarely. Can, yeah. I would I would consider it not drinking. How yeah. much he doesn't, you know. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, basically, I mean, when you work for the militia, you kind of gotta put a persona on There's yourself. A There's hey, a vibe. It's a, it's hey, a vibe. I just want to I just want to ask him to do this. Tell the story like we're with you. Because that's hey guys, we're gonna be we're gonna Vegas right now. Monster Energy Cup. Oh man! <coughs> Nick, All right. Nick, Nick, uh, Nick's, uh, here go, we go. Go, go. All right, we're, we're off. We're, we're with you. Get, get ready to go on this roller coaster. Uh, so, Rich Wilson, if you're watching, you know exactly what the hell went down this whole night, and you're the only one in Jackson Strong and Rob Adelbert. Uh, no, Tom right, Robinson. Let's just stop the story at Jackson ah. Strong. <laughs> I know everything I need to know. I've heard this story. Uh, I, have, I've, oh. I live this. I live this. Oh, I no, know. I haven't actually heard the story. Uh, but well, you said well, Jackson Strong. I mean, I've, I've oh, lived so you this know story. where we're headed. I know. Okay, exactly you know exactly where we're, where we're headed. Okay, perfect. You can just go straight to the hospital then, because I mean, everyone... okay. So Jackson Strong Hospital. That's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you forgot this. Jackson Strong, not on his level. Hospital. Jackson Strong eating avocado on toast. You having IVs. That's pretty much like how that shit works. No, let's tell. Know. Let's tell the real story. Let's tell the real story. We'll see. So long day working, obviously militia, um, working with the X games, Adam, I know you're watching. So, uh, with you, uh, obviously always a pleasure working with those guys and, you know, cranking out content all day, basically shooting photography, getting everything dialed in, working with my guys and then head back to the hotel. Not really feeling the supercross vibe to sit there and watch the races more or less kind of wanted to mellow out and get my content built and everything. So went back to the hotel, popped a 
a little vodka soda, just relaxed, edited some photos, and uh, went down the circle bar by myself and started watching the race. Met up so with so peaceful, uh, so, so peaceful. peaceful. You see how see how I'm starting circle this bar. out? Yeah, you see how I'm starting this out? So pretty hard, mellow. Hard, hard rock circle bar. That that was always That's a mellow. Name. It's always if, mellow. If, if, you always. if you don't know, if now, you, you don't know, know it's yeah. mellow. It's a nice peaceful round table. Just, you know, some some craps there at the table. You know, here and there, but uh, you know, obviously grab a bite to eat. Obviously, each bite I eat, probably another vodka soda comes in. Eight or nine down. Mellow. Mellow. Roxon going over the bars. Me going thumbs up. Okay. Made a bet with somebody. Won some money. Okay. <laughs> not, not, not the one who got hurt, though. No, no, not when yeah. he got hurt. When he just won, almost should have won. Same, I, I had to same. say that because that would be fucked up. No, 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 no. This, it was the same crash when he got hurt, though. It was literally the same shit happened. Yeah, exact crazy. same. Yeah. Kind of yeah. similar. So, so you knew. Regardless, we're hanging out, drinking, cool. Jackson texts me, says, hey, we're going to hang out. We're going to go to Ellis Mania. I already know it's 10 o'clock at night, 1030. This is going to escalate. Once fast. again, Ellis Mania, very peaceful. Another Another Australian. very peaceful <laughs> boxing match. Strong. Ellis <laughs> Mania, strong. So you see where we're going with this. So you can start multiplying, dividing, whatever you want to do from this point on. I'm about nine vodka sodas down. I'm a little guy, so I'm feeling nice. I get to the circle bar from our meal. First guy who hits me in the shoulders, Jackson, grabs me, picks me up. I'm like, okay, it's on. We're doing this. We're going. Do you still have sleeves? Yeah, still have sleeves by this okay, point. Okay. So he's mellow. Like, Jackson's on a mellow one right now. Tom Robb, I'm sure you know Tom Robinson. He's, we're all on a mellow one. Ryan Hagee, we're all on a mellow one. We work our way to Ellis Mania, Rich. We, you know, kind of cruise in. Luckily, we get credentials. We go sit next to Jason, watch the match. Everything's going down. We're just sipping on drinks. Everything's mellow. We get the call. Okay, you're going to Dre's nightclub. Monster party. Where are you? Everyone's texting. Where are you guys? Where are you guys? Yeah, I can, I can feel it. So, you know, it's, it's coming. So we get in the taxis on our way there. I'm fucked up for sure. Like, let's just cut to the chase. I'm fucked up. So we're all getting there. We get out of the car. Blacked out before the party. That's my dog no, right there. But I'm not. So blacked out to me is blacked out. Nah. Like you're blacked the fuck out. He was speaking Spanglish. Probably a little bit. Just but like, so we get there. Blacked out's like the torch where you like shine and the, 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 <laughs> just fucking black. Like this the is, eyes are black. Yeah, exactly. This is where stuff starts really starting to get sideways for me. I get out of the taxi. We go in, get our passes, everything. See the boys. I realize I don't have my cell phone on me. Fuck. I left it in the taxi. Put the get Jackson's phone. Put no no. Put the emergency on. I can hear it. I hear my phone when I walk out to the valet. Dude's holding my phone out. I'm like, oh my god, it's a godsend, like a blessing in disguise. Let's party. <laughs> okay, that's the green light. That's the green light. Phone. Let's go. When you We're... lose your phone for five minutes and then find it. It's almost like you just won the jackpot. <laughs> oh no, dude. legitimately. Like I was like, okay, that happened for a reason. That means I need to go drink more. Send it. It's time to go. Run in. Obviously, I'm on a high because I'm seeing people I haven't seen in like five to seven years. Motocross industry is my family. It's my family. Like, no matter what, you can cut it any way, shape, or form. Everyone I'm attached to, I see people. I get excited. I'm drinking with them, bouncing around, high fives, jump on people's shoulders, stealing hats, whatever, walk around the corner, see my boys from ESPN, handle Jack Daniels. That's where shit gets literally the black screen goes off. Yeah. Don't remember anything. Nothing. So then there's like a six hour window. It's about a six hour window where I just go beep, wake up, IVs oh. in each arm. Don't know what, you know, obviously I got half of a wallet sitting next to me, a cell phone that has 2% battery on it. I just pull the IVs out, walk out, and all I say, here's the nurse go, he's up. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I walk out. I got vomit on me. My shirt's ripped to pieces. My jeans are ripped. Uh, I'm I'm covered in vomit. He's, I, he's got hickeys from Strong. <laughs> I call uh, I call Rich. I'm like, hey, I'm at the hospital. He laughs. He's like, no, get a shower. Let's go. We're leaving. We're going home. I go, no, I'm at the hospital. Drop a pin. He goes, oh, fuck. You're actually, at the You're actually at the hospital. I'll be there in 10 minutes. He comes around the corner. You know, I can't imagine what that site looks like. And, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, you know, obviously called the wife. She <laughs> wasn't stoked about it. I'm sure she's not. Still not. But, you know, it changed me as a man, which I think all for the good. But it's an experience I'll obviously never forget in one of those times that. <laughs> Dude, I'm just, like, going through the visions in my head right oh. now going, oh, my God. But, uh, but yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. I guess knowing Nick since he was like 10 or 12, you know, like <laughs> yeah. like 20, we, we've had a 20 year friendship. So I've got to watch the evolution You've of Nick, Nicholas Avenue. Yeah. And so, so anyways, that being said is like, I've like, it's, it's to hear that story. And there's one other one that's just like that pretty close. I think it was X games when all his boys won <laughs> gold medals. And like, literally he just, he, and he had to come home. We got on Sizzler. He, 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 he had to come <laughs> oh, home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had to come home to, to a 30th two. birthday celebration with my family to go to Palm Springs oh. to do wounded. more fun things. Wounded. No, no. Wounded until you. <gasps> and I'm oh. back. Frank the Tank. Dude, just, <laughs> He's just, back. Oh, my. He's back. And then he went to Palm Springs. And like, and I'm oh. like, when he keeps the story escalating, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, for a guy that I've known that, like, once again, when you're racing. Yeah, he's the, an athlete. Yeah. Like, there's points in your life where you're a full-blown athlete. Full-blown yeah. athlete. Yeah. Then you kind of obviously you're on the other side of the fence going. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> very, very few dudes were as good as McGrath for like over a decade that could actually go out and send it with Vince Vaughn and all the big, you yeah. know, and everyone and then still go win the Perform, race the next yeah. day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So so that's why most motocrosses in general, especially especially since Carmichael and a bunch of the boys set the bar for for working out. Alden, Alden Baker, you know, the whole the whole crew. So anyways, but McGrath's era is almost like, I guess, so to hear those stories, I know him from no stories or even yeah. Pastrana when there was zero drinking. You yeah. know, like for thumbs you know, up at every race. Yeah. To, to now. To now. To, to now. Like, to, to where I'm blacked out when I go out with Astrana and he's laughing at me. Dude, I don't want to. Not because he's sober. I don't want to say too, too many Travis stories because I don't want to speak out of school. But we. Oh, uh, he's, a, he's a good dude. I mean, like. Fucking uh, legend. Legend. Fucking legend. Legend. But there was one night and uh, <laughs> I uh, I hadn't had a lot. I'd had like a bit to do with him, but always super <laughs> professional. So I'd probably been on like 10, 12 shoots of Travis, but like in, out, do my shit. Thanks, Trav. Cheers. And then we stayed at uh, his place in Florida. So we were shooting a thing for Red Bull with Tara Geiger. And then... How rad was that place too with the, the pirate ship and everything? That which one? one? The one on the lake? Yeah. Where was the pirate ship? Oh, that's Texas. I'm sorry. That's Texas. Oh, house. yeah. No, nah, the Florida one. So, that, that one's sick. What's, his, what's that. his name? Massive? You know, yeah. Ma yeah. Ma yeah. Ma oh, Massive. Okay, no, yeah. That, okay. So that's All where right. we were at. And so that was the time where like we played golf with Trav and that, and I was just like, fucking, he is loose. Like, this is a real Travis. Like, he is not here to play, dude. So then he, uh, we like did our shit because he's super professional. Like he will do, he will do his job. Yeah. And uh, so then I was like, all right, we done. We wrapped. We good. We good. And I was like, I think we're good, man. I think we're wrapped. And he goes, all right, sweet. And then I turn around and Massa's got a beer bong. And then Geiger's got two. I can't even remember the drinks, whatever the fuck it was. And uh, I'm just like, all right, this is happening. So we were doing like jet ski races where you stand up jet ski, where you had to drink, do a beer bong to earn a lap. So Trav just goes full blown. He's like, I want six laps. 
And we were like, fuck. That sounds about right. I was like, all right. So yeah, take six beers and then just shreds. And Geiger rips on the stand-up. So she, she was just straight smoking him. Like he couldn't even touch it. And you know what he's like, the competitive. So you add the super competitive Pashana with the, these are the rules and you have to drink a beer every time. And I was just going, he is fucking killing it. Like I cannot get over how good it is. Yeah. So then we, then we went into the house. It got too dark to race jet skis. So then he said, all right, it's a, a shot of tequila to earn a run at Big Buck Hunter. So then... Always around Big Buck Hunter. Yeah, so that's the only thing in his living room, <laughs> by the way. There's a, a couch and a Big Buck Hunter. No TV, nothing. So then, yeah, we're doing the Big Buck Hunter thing. And I'm fucking smashed. I, got, I was so over it like drinking wise because i was just i was like done and i put my fucking wallet in my golf bag because he's like we're going to chili's so we he tows a futon from the back of his atv so all of us sat on his futon and he drove us down the street to chili's and i get to chili's <laughs> and he's like all right margaritas for everybody and then a cup of tequila we're gonna do margarita boat race everything's a race everything was a, a deal so and then i was like she's like ids please and i was like Ah, I left my fucking wallet in my golf bag. And he was pissed, like pissed. But we were, we we're in too deep. So I was like, oh, I'll just be the one that drives everyone home. So anyway, long, 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 long story short, we stayed there for ages. And I'm trying to put him in an Uber at the end of the night because we, we were going back to ours and he just wouldn't <clears> get in this Uber. He's like, I'm not fucking getting in there. And I'm like, he's like pissed. And I'm like, what are you tripping on, dude? Like, it's just the Uber. The Uber's fucking name was D-I-E... 199 swear to god die 199 was the fucking uber driver's username and travis just straight wouldn't get in i mean i just got creeped out <laughs> it was so weird so, and i was like dude this is a coincidence like you have to ch be chill about this like his fucking who knows what his name is and he just was like it was like trying to get a, a six foot four toddler into a car seat, dude. It was. I, res so I respect you pushing it, but if I saw die 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 Malcolm, dude, yeah, and I'm like, not oh, that's that just car. a coincidence, right? I'm, like, I'm either getting punked by Axton Kutcher or I'm just about to die because this guy has a vendetta. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I made him get in the thing. I was like, dude, I'm not driving you home. This is in the complete opposite direction. I was like, there's no reason for you to be like this. I can I can just move Nick if you want. Hey, bad, baddest dude alive though, right? He is such a good dude. Oh, yeah. Such a, absolutely. He's on a, like another level of so many, like mentally he's on another level. Physically he's on like just what he can do. His body's a mess, yeah. and he still but he still goes. He still does like yeah. the craziest but shit. But everyone whose body is not a mess claims the biggest mess, and his has had like oh, forty five reconstructive surgeries, and you never. I, I can't even think of the la when I heard him complain in the entire Never. time I've known him. The last time I filmed with him, we shot a thing for Red Bull. And it was when, did you see when he did that huge water crossing at K-Dub's house? Yeah. So I was like flying the drone and I took, I took oh, my... Oh, you, you had the scary job. Yeah, no, I had the easy job to be <laughs> honest. So I was like, yeah, I was like buzzing the drone around. And uh, I've been around enough like people that have gnarly concussion shit going on to know that even if he crashes... And hits the water, he's gonna get knocked out. Yeah. So I took my shoes off and my shirt, ready to jump in in case he got knocked out from hitting the water. Like that's how gnarly he oh, yeah, is. Absolutely. And he still sends it, and just over everybody, over the whole crew, he just mans up and goes. Like there's there's a switch in him 
that not many humans have. Oh. And that that's, it's I think rare. That's, I, think that's, I don't think many will argue with that. No, it's, definitely not. It's so, but to see it in person, yeah, you know what no, I mean? it's cool, I know. Like to see, you, it's easy to see it on TV and to see Yeah, you got to experience like the, it. Yeah, but when you're there and you, like they were hitting this thing, fifth year pin on a RM500. But he's been like that since day one. Like I've had yeah. the the opportunity to grow up with him in Maryland. So we were, you know, so, side by side at all times, basically from Whoa, whoa, Nick. Hang on. Side I mean, by dude, side, You know what I mean. Side by side is easy, but from basically six years old till, you know, till twelve, thirteen, fourteen when we started doing mini warrior stuff, you know, and he's literally been, been like that all the time. And he's just escalated into something that I mean, I think everyone kind of expected him to be at yeah. this level. Like it was just that was him. You know, you always saw it, but he's so genuine and so... It's like hearing Stevie Nicks sing in the shower. You're like, oh, you're going to be famous. Yeah. You're going to be... Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're a exactly. It's going to happen. Star. Something's going to happen yeah. here. Oh, yeah. No, that's just you now. Yeah, absolutely. He's like... I can't even explain it. I mean, we... I have a just a funny little story. I think I was 16 or 17, kind of in the prime of my amateur career. He's making phone calls. He's like, Nick, you're the only person stupid enough to do this with me and you're strong on a bicycle. You want to do a triathlon tomorrow? It's a full try, so we're going to do 122 road, uh, whatever, a two-mile swim and a 22-mile run. Yeah, I'm in. When? Tomorrow, 4 a.m., meet me. I'm like, all right, cool, I'll be there. It's just like he's an animal, and he did. He crushed it, you know? Like, he's just a freak of nature, and he wasn't even in his prime at the time. Like, And I was, and he destroyed me. It's just mental. It doesn't make sense. It's just like... It's some it, some dudes have an ability to just... Just shut the pain shut off everything and then out. just go. So. And it's out of just pure competitiveness. Absolutely. Like stubborn, you will not beat me. Desire, like, competitive. It's just a mix of just all and positive. Would, and he wouldn't have given a fuck where he finished. Like he wasn't doing that triathlon to win. He was no. just trying to beat himself. He, well, he just like he win had, that mental well, well, war. It's, 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 it's always a dollar bet, and a dollar is like a billion to him. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. I mean, you, you, yeah. he if he loses a dollar. I think it was dollar, like a dollar bet between yeah. – uh, it was between uh, the Boston brothers, I believe, at the time. He's like, hey, Beast. we got who savages. savages. Who are savages, exactly. Savage. So I'm not sure if we beat it. I think it was like 19 hours or something like that, but it was it was fuck. ridiculous. But he's, he's a freak of nature. I mean, he, he really is, and he still is. And the thing is like – so a normal dude, right? Like me, I'm gonna I'm gonna do mammoth motocross next year. I quit racing dirt bikes in like 2008, mm-hmm. and I honestly, until last weekend, my my best friend who I grew up, I didn't really grow up. I, I guess we've been friends for like 12 years. He moved into my town. It's a pretty cool story. He's like a little fucking Viking dude, five five, and uh, just tats everywhere, neck tats. Looks like a pretty intimidating dude, and. Uh, he got a flat tire at our local track where we grew up. It was tropics, hot as fuck. And uh, it was summer day. It's probably 40, de- oh, 105 degrees, 100% humidity. Mm-hmm. And he gets a, a flat tire two laps in. And he parks next to us, but in the sun. We had like an easy up and all that deal. And uh, his, his tire goes flat. And then he just starts loading his bike up. And I'm like, fuck, that sucks. Like, we... It's not like our tracks. Our tracks aren't like here where it's just open every day. It was like once every two weeks there's a practice day where you can ride the track you race. And uh, so we walked up to him. And we were like, we were like, hey, man, uh, like we could help you fix that shit. And um, yeah, he was just like, fuck, no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. We're like, no, like for real. My dad changed his tires, been friends ever since. So I was probably like 16. So he was one of my first like kind of older friends, like mentor dudes, because he would have been like probably... 30 i reckon around about 
maybe yeah like early 30s and um just about to get married and then he had a kid down the track and then i'm like his kid's godfather so like this is like one of my first mm-hmm. you know older friends that kind of like mentor deal and um so anyway he come over here to race the world vets at Glen helen and he ended up winning the 40 40 plus expert world championship and i was and like shout out to nick nick won a 30 plus moto old man yeah, yeah <laughs> nick uh, no i don't uh, do you ever want a moto Nah, I might have been the only moto I've ever won in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Dude, like, hold, hold on tight to that bad boy. <laughs> right. Fucking whole shot to check out, son. Um, but anyway, like the feeling I got of seeing Nick do well and then as it kill it, it, it just took me back to like why I kind of raced. Yeah. And then you, you quit because you sort of, you, you guys know, you get in the industry. So much shit happens. It kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. People spend more time talking shit than actually... It's not... It's just like... It doesn't lift Weird. you up like it used to. You know what I mean? Because you, you're sort of deep in it. Absolutely. And then you've got like... Ah, oh, this guy just fucking switched this brand. And this guy was a dick. And now I don't have a gear sponsor. Whatever. <laughs> so you just... It kind of gets covered in shit. Yeah. And then you, you you don't race for the reason you raced before. And then... So seeing Nick and Azza... Like it just kind of fired me up. And it's like... To, to have a goal now of like... Because oh, I'll be 30 in next July. So I can do the... Th- Ah, you know what, dude? I can't do 30 plus. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you won't Fuck. be able to. You got to wait another year. No, but I think I think I'm going to fake some shit. I think as your Aussie dude, you're freaking you're, you're you probably have a fake ID anyways, like I'm going to fake it. Fuck it. I'm still your, doing it. <laughs> <your> <laughs> it's a month. I think it's a month. I'm faking it. Anyway, we'll, we'll I I just like that you I think the funny thing is like when you come back, you said it's been since what? 08, 09. 08, yeah. Okay, so now it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, the the hype and that buzz of like winning that thing, you come back, you got that glory moment, you got the high altitude, you're breathing hard, everything's good. The reality is those you forget about when that dude cuts you off and a freaking peg goes to your leg. Yeah, you're, dude. You're coming out with like a pirate patch going, <laughs> arr, arr. Then that suddenly that bad choice. But then the cool thing is you're at the pub trying to nurture it. This is, a- it's like a meme, like what I think I look like. Yeah, what you really look like. Yeah. But that's like one of the reasons what <laughs> fucked me up is I started coming over here, right? So I had all these like dreams of grandeur of like racing. At one point I was like, oh, I'm going to be pro. And then I was like, nah, you know what? I started like filming legit dudes. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I don't even ride bikes. Like, I actually don't even do... Like, they do this. <laughs> what I do is different. So, I can't... You know what I mean? So, I was, like, trying to do it. And then, yeah, first time you see... Like, who would have been... I'm trying to think who would have been, like, even the first real dude I filmed. Maybe, like, Medi or something. You know, something like that. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. That's for real. Like, that <laughs> shit's no joke. Like, I could never do that. So, yeah. now... And I think that was, like, super disheartening for a bit. Because I was just like... it's totally. e- Even the pro dudes in Australia, like, you suck compared to like you look at james and then them it's like ah oh, you're really not doing the same thing either so it's like you just see such a high level and it kind of just gets disappointing <laughs> <You're just like, laughs> Fuck. but anyway to put that put to go back to the pastrana thing i'll spend the next eight months thinking about that one race where I'll do two 20-minute motos and it'll take everything I've got. Like, I'll be fucked by the end of it. <laughs> he just does that shit on a daily basis. No problem. Daily ba- just daily basis. I'm just there. Well, you know, that, I mean, obviously, live your own life, right? Trying to find your, yeah. own, your own goals, your own joy. Like, if, if, if you compare to somebody else, that guy's got millions, that guy's got Yeah, this. that's true. If you try to compare yourself to Pastrana, like, his one day would smoke your five-year cap. Oh, you know, <laughs> just, sure. like, I mean, you'd be celebrating that one thing like, and he would just, and I wouldn't w- want to do it. Nah, I'd go, nah, <laughs> nope, nope. Like I'm have, out. Have you, I don't even know where that came from. Feed the baby bird that like game. Like if you lose it on a, on a bet, so mm-hmm. like we rock, paper, scissored, you know, and came in and, and we lost. So 
So I got married a few years ago, right? And so my groomsmen were my brothers and then Pastrana, Sheckler, um, Andy Bell, and, uh, and McGrath. And so afterwards we're going up and my wife only had three or four people and I had like eight savages, right? That came yeah. in just ready in all loving, you know, of course, that's the only reason we party is because of me, right? It's all because of me <laughs> or the free alcohol. I have no idea. But so, so we're getting ready. I'm looking up and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of nervous because of course it's, it's my wedding. I'm not, I couldn't even get that buzz because I was doing photos and stuff. So I'm just knocking back a few drinks and we go up and my wife's sitting, uh, my newly wife of three minutes is sitting up there with her, her sister and her bridesmaids and the photographer's there and he's waiting for me to get my uh, circus cast, you know, up there. And McGrath is actually, he's dude, he's McGrath's McGrath. He's, he was, he was fine. So we get in a circle and all of a sudden Pastrana's like, Hey, rock, paper, scissor, whoever loses, you know, you know, feed the baby bird. And so I'm like, Sheckler didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, it's my wedding. I'm already blacked out. Just like thinking about everything else. So we go and, and sure enough, Sheckler ends up losing. Andy Bell's drinking whiskey. Sheckler's drinking a vodka soda and, and uh, Pastrana had a beer or something like that. So what happens when you lose is you have to go onto your knees like a little baby cute bird. And then the big birdie's going to feed you. So I, but I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, shoot, Andy Bell, I guess whatever he's going to feed baby bird Sheckler. I'm like, okay. And I'm watching and I thought he was going to kiss him. Cause that was the only thing that made sense with how clean our tuxedo, our suits were ready for this big photo op in one minute. And he goes, Andy Bell goes, <laughs> This gnarly Varvado suit that Sheckler was wearing just gets shrapneled, sprayed out on the front. I'm like this. I'm like, oh, crap. Sheckler grabs the whiskey that was sitting on a little ledge, throws it in Bell's face. Bell goes blind. He's, he's like going all over the place. <laughs> so we got blown out suit. We've got blind Bell. And then Pastrana goes, oh, I'm going to sneak and kind of go up there. So he gets halfway to the, I'm talking like 60 feet away from my wife's watching this chaos go down. Huh. He sits on a ledge that had like a four foot back. We're at Rancho Las Lomas, like the greatest place ever, you know, uh, Town Park Brewery and everything. But it's it, uh, it's it's in uh, it's out by Cook's Corner in uh, what's that called? It's like in, in Santiago, Santiago, yeah, Santiago Canyon. Like yeah, it's kind of by point. Oakley, by Orange o County, Orange oh, County. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Orange County by Oakley and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this chaos is going. Sheckler's suits like literally it was like, it was so light that it just looked like just a machine gun hit. It with spray. <laughs> oh. And then Bell still can't see. And then Travis thinks he gets away. So. So Travis is sitting up, we're walking up. I'm like, cool. At least we're getting up there. I guess whatever worst case scenario, we could Photoshop it in the end. I'll call Nick. Fix we'll, it we'll get this thing <laughs> we'll fix it in post. We <laughs> come up and like, and, and Sheckler's going like this. He pulls up his hand and just cold clocks Pastrana in the chest. Pastrana's brittle still, you know, cause he's obviously 55 million broken bones, everything else. He goes back. I didn't know if it was a cliff or what was back there. He falls back. Thunk. I'm like, I went to look because he gets, con you know, concussions. Gotcha. Not too bad. I look down and he's just sitting there like this. I'm like, is Pastrana dead? So now my wife's really looking. We get him up. So we got the dirtiest Mohican. We got the wettest beer shrapnel and the blindest bell. And then we had to go up and finish and take the photos. Are they fucking sick? And, and, and I've been married two years. So the good thing is I have a rad wife. Uh, <laughs> but but that was that was my groomsman. And that was like the funny side. So but once again, like Travis actually won a rally race in Minnesota or somewhere drove from wherever that was, he had to go drive four to five hours to find a flight to actually fly directly in. And when I first saw him was at the pool party with Annie Bell. I'm sorry, the, at the pool, getting ready for my wedding at like 11 a.m. So 11 a.m. is when the boys started knocking back a few. So but uh, well, that my, would be the hottest 
the hardest wedding to wrangle. Like uh, I've been in, I've just been in. Me and Nick were in Bryce Valley's wedding, and it was fucking hard enough to get us to show up for photos. And we're just normal people. Like they're legit alcoholic superheroes. Uh, <laughs> alcoholic superheroes. <laughs> that's too. like I love that. That's like uh. that's like Eric Banner of is that is that the fucking Hulk Eric Banner? What's his name? Uh, Bruce Banner. Um, anyway, the Hulk. It's yeah, like giving it's like giving the Hulk a bottle of tequila. I'd be like, right. dude. Marvel needs you here to do some photos for the new movie. And, oh, like, and then times that by everybody. Just like a drunk the Iron original, Man. The, the, original, the original Hulk was Lou Ferrigno. Dude. His, that's, oh, a, yeah, yeah. that's the original. His house. Uh, like you, you can see his house when you're on uh, La Brea or Fairfax. Yeah. And you're driving up. like Because you, you know the house from I Love You, man. Yeah. It's like actually his house. And it's up. Uh, well, I don't know if it's his house, but. In the yeah, the story's changing. I just I just Wait, feel like it's his house. No, it's one hundred. Sure it's one hundred percent his house. Let's just say, but it's I'm his not house. sure. <laughs> it could be his house. But you can see that that house from on one of those streets, just like clear as day in the hills, and you're just like, how the fuck do you get? Like, <laughs> how do you a get that? And why do you need that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was watch- we were watching a. He's, a, he's kind of a kind of big. I guess he, he needs, needs more space. More space yeah. than maybe Nick. Maybe he needs more space than Nick. <laughs> maybe. Just a little. Just a little. Dad. We were watching a thing on Netflix last night um, about it's like minimalist or whatever, and they were showing heat maps of where people actually go in their houses. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. It's I've crazy. seen that as well. Yeah, you spend what seventy five hundred square foot. You're only using yeah, like fourteen hundred. Yeah. If that, yeah, yep. yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. What were we talking about before with Hard to Shine? How did the Mini Warriors... Because that's my... So, I knew you first from Mini Warriors and you first from Mini Warriors. So, how did that... I got you. You. How did that go down? The whole Mini Warriors thing? Because that's fucking... That is some history right there. It's crazy to think of it as history. Oh, dude, it's... it's, It's like you're sitting across from a dude that watched... Mini like every single mini warriors on VHS in Australia in Australia <laughs> on fucking repeat man like <laughs> I was watching mini warriors before I even had a motorcycle you know what I mean yeah. so I was like so it's yeah it's crazy to you sort of and I I guess I've had a bit of that now with so, like I've made some videos that millions of people have seen yeah so there's probably some kid that's watched my shit in totally. a in a similar absolutely <clears throat> yeah and you you don't think about it because you. I think a lot of people or the people that maybe make the things that end up getting watched don't do it so people watch it. Like no, you just do it because do it. yeah, exactly. because it's like the fun because thing. Because you enjoy to do. it, you enjoy yeah. the people you're with. It's it's just a camaraderie, it's something you truly enjoy. So I mean the Yeah, give, it, me, the, give me the mini warriors. Well, skill. I mean the, once again, because it's history, I have to have a serious flashback. So I'm like I'm a dude trying to rewind. But um I grew up Racing motorcycles, grew up racing Carlsbad Grand Prix. I, I never was a big racer, but I mean, I rode probably as much as any pro, meaning that I got good enough because I mean, I, when you ride that much, yeah. and when I told you I started getting tickets, I had my CRs, my, I started riding at three on a 50, 60, did the whole deal. Um, never had, I had to work on all my own bikes, didn't really have, you know, much money, but we had a nice house in a crazy area. And it's like where eventually Rick Johnson ended up moving. It's where McGrath lives. But back then it was all valley. So it was illegal, but you could ride through like the housing developments and on the streets. And if you get out there, it's called the pits and all these other like secret tracks. Long story short is that's kind of like the, the background of motocross and whatnot. Never made it. Never actually at my never thought I would even potentially make it because once again, it was such a far fetched goal back then. Yeah. Like now you see it on YouTube. Kids are seeing it so young, like golfers are now ripping it like five, you know, four, five, six. Yeah. We're like back then. It's like if I could like you see in the DVD. Yeah. was 
pretty gnarly if you saw the DVD because you had to go through some sort of channel or have someone tip it off. It wasn't like you could sit here right now, some on your watches or on your phone or on whatever. So I was out riding at Michael Lepaglia's house one day, and uh, I met these guys a while ago from uh, Mini Warriors. Uh, they they'd started filming this thing called Mini Warriors, right? And I was like, oh, cool. And it was like, Alessi was like five or six, I think. You know, in the first one, he was pretty yeah. young, the Alessi brother. So anyways, I ended up falling, jumping this jump at Lepaglia's, and I was knocked out. And as I woke up, I started just throwing off jokes and this and that. And they're like, all of a sudden, uh, pr uh, the two, you know, two guys are like, who had kids, and that's why they started Mini Warriors. They're like, Dude, you want to come on the road with us, and we'll, we'll, we'll we're gonna blow up this series, and we're gonna go, and you you could be the host. And I'm like, ha ha ha, like I was like a shy little chubby kid, you know this and that. How, how old were you? Uh, I mean, Mini Wars one, I was, I'm, I'm still in my teens, probably, yeah. like right around that time, you know, just when it when one was kind of going down, I think. Twenty, maybe, but everyone, I always looked young, so it's like I was always like young. So like the you kid, still look young. Thank you, buddy. Hey, dude, <laughs> I'm gonna jump on your couch, dude. I'm gonna jump <laughs> on your couch. Hey, <laughs> reel me in. So we started filming. We started going on the road. We had a trailer. We went out there, and because I worked at No Fear um, and ended up being a marketing manager at No Fear, an athlete manager, we had, we had Pastrana at age ten for clothing. You know, I had all these crazy athletes, and we were doing Taylor Knox, Sunny Garcia. I mean, was, no Fear was like kind of a Nike type company. I was like 15, probably 16 when I started. I was working in the warehouse, so I had no, there's no like glory story. And I was walking around Mark McGuire, Sugar Ray Leonard, Mike Tyson, Brett Favre. I mean, you know, Randy Johnson, like, you know, all these gnarly MLB, NBA. And then, of course, the one that I love the most was Jeremy McGrath. And and Jeremy at one day said, I was helping him out always, just not really doing nothing. And he just said, somehow he's the one who pushed for me to be the team manager. So Jeremy's like, you know, I end up, climbing into the team manager position we launched spy so i was already connected so the mini warriors thing kind of it was easy for me because i was working and with all these athletes and going to all the races so what i would do is i'd go to the races in between the races i'd go to the office for my office job and then i'd go back on the road for one two three months and no fear and spy and reef brazil and any company i i knew or was associated with would sponsor it so mini wars two three four five literally the journey just started and we were out there and it was so raw and it was so real. It's like Nick was, you know, like Moto was so Moto was so Moto that like I came from the beach. You know, I, I grew up surf, skate, snow. Uh, yes, not snow, but surf, skate, um, Moto, bicycles yeah. was like my whole deal. But that crossover is, I think, what helped me so much. So even when I went into No Fear, it's like I understood culture. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a crazy home with a lot of a lot of drug busts, a lot of crazy stuff when I was young. But the mini wars thing was crazy and I realized that I loved helping people and, and I saw these kids and I was like, the conversations became so raw and so real that I was just one taking stuff off the, uh, off the cusp just that I thought was funny or different or whatever. And I wasn't asking, how's your spokes? How's your dirt bike? Who yeah. works on your bike? Well, you know, I wasn't asking the traditional questions and that's where I think anything today is really popular is the natural like what happens from the humor and just being yourself, like no different than us talking right now. The, the objective is obviously for anyone watching that we put some fun content or stories together for people that respect, you know, your background, my background, motorsports, anything that they could take something from this. Yeah. So that's, I was out there just having fun concussions, getting beat up by these kids, came up with the ear game and all these things on the fly. I think actually Metzger came up with the ear game when we were out messing around. And then it just, it's hard to say how dope it was, but it was so crazy. Cause like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was still riding dirt bikes for fun. 
And then uh, I ended up breaking my back in 02 because Pastrana thought it'd be fun to bounce off me off a jump. Mm. I landed on a hay bale, flipped 60 feet because he measured it. And then uh, I ended up breaking L1, 2, and 3 in my, ba- my lower back and was in a turtle shell for a couple, a couple months. And during the turtle shell thing, mini wars is happening. I'm working for no fear. I'm traveling the world in the Graf Pastrana. I mean, I'm a kid that literally was told you are going to fail. You do not fit into a system. I mean, I was beat up. I was bullied. I had everything. I didn't care, though, because I figured I knew it wasn't my fault because it's not like I was being mean. It was just that I just happened to be a good candidate to get picked on, a little chubby, chubby kid. I got a mullet at one point, too. And oh, the, yeah. it, it flapped, Bring it back. It flapped out in the back. Yeah, it, Bring how, it back. Yeah, how crazy is it that if that if you had that now, you'd be cool as fuck? Dude, but it, Bring it back. If you saw mine how it flapped out, though, I might still get jumped. Was it like? Was it but like? It might still be really cool. It could be pretty dope still. How how was your mullet in comparison to Twitch's dad? Because that he had a fucking mullet. Well, I, mean, that guy, I mean, well, first off, it's hard to compare. Like like when I look at legends and like you know when you talk about Twitch's pops, you know that thing was pretty heroic. <laughs> that, was that was heroic, dude. So I mean, prop, props to that one. I mean, hey Nick, I got a job for you. Pull up Toby Price. Like, just pull up Toby Price's Instagram. You guys know Toby Price? I already Price? know what this is. Yeah, you got to see Toby's mullet. He is representing I the mean, mullet I mean, as good as Levi's? Oh, which Levi? Sherwood. Nah, see, Levi's yeah. shirt. Just go to his Instagram. Oh, look, it's... Uh, yeah, just go. Just go to his Instagram. But, but you guys you guys know the same thing. Like, if, if you if you were raw and you were at the motor... The, you're, at, you're at an... Oh, out, look at that. That is pretty... That's beautiful. But if he looks like he, it looks like that's that his looks deal. normal. Though. That looks normal. It's like better now though. Look, he's got in this one too. It's it's better now. He's but, fucking gross. But but I'm saying I love him, back, <laughs> God, back. that one's good right there. Holy smokes! But, oh my gosh, oh, that wow. thing is gorgeous. There's, there's our guy. <laughs> that's there's it. Guy. That's him. MVP that, son. That's like a raccoon with a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a raccoon with oh, a it's, like, it's like a beaver up top with just a back. That one's pretty good too. I, you just on the mullet scene now, but yeah, look at but, that thing. It's so like gangly and just like yeah, it looks normal. That looks normal. Like yeah. so, he's yeah. I guess my thing is this: when you go to an outdoor national, you know, a rad raw like like um, Michigan or or Mount Morris or one of those and real you, America, and you see the dude with his Pabst beer or his Bud Light, and he's got this mullet and these suspenders. He's just sitting there. He's like living his best just life, degaffing the entire world, <laughs> like literally, like just as long as you don't get. He doesn't even. He doesn't see you. He doesn't even know you're there. That is the mullet that is just like timeless. Then you got the fashionable mullet, right? Where I mean, you're doing a thing because you know either if you're single, you're gonna get laid. Yeah, or, you yeah. Know, you, there's, there's it's per- a talking point. It, it's yeah, a mullet. With, it's a mullet with perks, dude. Business in the front, party in the back. You don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, Le- Levi's the epitome of that. Yeah, he's like he knows he's pulling it off. He That's knows what he's rocking, dude. I mean, well, yeah. first off, look at the style on a bike. I mean, the guy's like game changer, and then you, that mullet just goes hand in hand. Big time stuff. Look at the Pastrana thumbs up up top left. I mean, that you, I don't care. Like he had to invent the thumbs up. He invented that angle. the he thumbs did. up. That's like his. he extended the thumb so yeah, hard, like that, wrist backwards, <laughs> wrist like backwards. dislocation of the thumb almost because it was extended. Like, let's 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 Google some uh, Pastrana thumbs up, Nick. That's gotta happen. Oh, that's a good one. God. So yeah, so when, I mean, are, when are we getting Pastrana on this bad boy? Well, I mean, well, first off, this is the first the first show, so yeah, we're, we're just learning what the gypsy's all about over there. You just want to look, look at it, look at oh, it. Yeah, first one. Oh my gosh, she's almost blinding. Oh herself. my god. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, don't you don't even need to go bigger than that. That's it. I wanna, <laughs> oh, you want to. Can you, you imagine? I always wondered this. Oh right? wow, that's that's heavy. 
dude. I mean, honestly, like all time. Look at that. That's a bit. That's, that's it right camera. there. That's the yeah. original. That is the all time. He could win the number one hitchhiker of all time. Like, <laughs> like, who's, <laughs> like, even if you don't pull over to pick him up, you're going to pick him up because he's going to be crossing the entire road with a thumb. Look at that one. Double thumbs up. Go, like, go back to that. Dude. I don't know what's bigger, the thumbs up or the eyes. Dude, he's just. Look, oh, it's double bulls. Dude, he's giving Red Bull love right there. Oh, Damn, my God. Damn, Travis, you always just. Look at that. Did I put the Ethica patch on him? No shit. That was fun. Fuck, he's a funny dude. Oh, he's so good, dude. He's so funny. Look at I, that. I wonder. I always think about. Um, so when you're at a Supercross, right? Like how many autographs James Stewart signed or Chad Rick. Like if you had a clicker for their entire career, how many autographs or whatever. Can you imagine the times that Travis has done thumbs up? It would be like, what would the number be? It'd be tens of millions. It has to be. Like, I wonder. It it couldn't be millions, but it would. It'd have to be in a hundred thousands. You don't think it's in the millions? Uh, you gotta think. Place is, we man. don't even see him throw the thumbs up, where he probably just kind of does it naturally. Yeah, well, it's probably just like a, a just, knee jerk. Yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> oh shit! Probably should put that thing away. Well, you said thumbs up, and then you also said autograph signings and. When he first came in, what was that first race he won when he beat Ernesto in the Coliseum, L.A. Coliseum? Um, L.A. Supercross. Well, it was the first one. Like, it was the first big <laughs> good, something. Good, good guess. I, I, I forgot what it was. It was in, like, 98, I think, 90, 98, 99. And he ends up beating Fonseca, who was, I think, the champ, whatever. Just, oh, it was the East Coast. No, no, it wasn't. Had to have been. Fonseca was East Coast Oh, guy. you know what? It was some sort of shootout. It was some unique event. Or maybe it was Vegas East West yeah, shootout. Yeah, Could yeah, have been that. Anyways, through all the Supercross Supercross is what I was. I was at every single one with him and every single outdoor through his entire racing side of it. And he would, after he'd in many cases win or do hopefully do good or crash out big, he would sign autographs in. We would walk up to watch the 250s when he was in the lights class. And we go up there and when he's all, guys, just, just let me just watch the race because he loves racing. When, when it's done, though, I got you guys. The entire stadium would funnel till like 11 till when Feld or whatever yeah, would there, shot had to out. kick us yeah. out. And I'm like, and I like, dude, just signing, 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 smiling, signing photo, smiling, signing photo. Dude, the kid, the kid is the epitome or the prime example yeah. of of complete gratitude for what he loves and appreciation for understanding that he's able to provide and make a living really doing what he loves. But man, I, the autographs, I think it's easily in the multi-millions. I don't even know what yeah, it is. Because, I, I'd have to agree with that. Because one event, sure. one event, like you said, if a stadium. Yeah, you got to think of this, 50,000 people. And he funneled multiple. How many? Look how many years too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Damn, that's a that. I want to know that stat. Like, <laughs> I wish that we had a stat for that because, dude, like, just there. I mean, you could Google image. How I wonder how many we could actually Google image and count just on Google on searches. That thumb looks pretty bent. He might have had a break in between that one. What happens if he fucks up both thumbs? <laughs> what does he go to? Uh, he just run hey, it if you like this. Hey, he, hands behind his head. He's doing the, he's, he's doing the trooper downstairs. Like, what up, dog? <laughs> That's like I wonder. I he's doing that. You no, know, he's not. He's not. People take insurance policies out on shit. Like, uh, who was the someone insured their legs? Like some dancer. It was like a multi-million dollar insurance deal on his legs. Travis could legitimately insure his thumbs. Oh, absolutely. That's an oh, asset, totally. man. Jennifer Lopez, she was the first one to insure her butt. Hey, we'll too. fix that camera there for us, dude. You have to. I can show that. Yeah. Nah, just lift up the back, the back leg there. Charged. Sorry, guys, technical difficulties. All good. There it is. Nice. Boom. Battery, I think the there it is. Oh, we weren't filming this entire time. Are we? Oh <laughs> shit! Oh shit! I actually want to check YouTube just to make sure we're live. So keep going on the mini worries thing. 
I get it's it's weird to tell a story because like I feel like it was so damn adventurous and exciting. And I guess if anyone's seen the videos that you've kind of seen the crazy journey and now that was when you had no social media and no YouTube channels. So picture the only way you could see things was through these videos and no yeah. one was focused on kids. So no one really understood except for Dirt Rider and Dirt Bike and the magazines would do Loretta's covers. But yeah. no one all of a sudden, boom, these kids would appear and there was there was Carmichael's, there was Stewart's, there was but. I guess to be a channel that dedicated to the kids and even, even Sheckler was like yeah. 11 or 12. I mean, Sheckler, Dude, that's where I found out about Sheckler. I knew I, on I many never, warriors. Yeah. yeah same I with never me. heard about Ron yeah. Sheckler until See, Sheckler warriors. had your back dog. He, hey, he was right, bef right before that. He was on Barbara Walters, 2020, a big show, you know, mm -hmm. here, but uh, the kid, he's been a legend since he was so little. Dude, You can watch mini warriors. Oh, yeah. They're all on YouTube. Greatest hit. I, I, I need to revisit them. It's been too long. Man, like Mini Warriors Four was the one for me. I yeah. think that was the first one that I got on VHS. That was the first one I think that all sports were included, uh, not so just that's moto. Yeah, that's, that's why the one. majority of all sports were included. Yeah, I mean you had Topher and those guys in like three. But Dude, Davey Mills. Like, what's wrong with what's wrong with Sean White in four, three? Four three. That's right. Point X can't. So yeah. Point X. Dude, there's a lot going on. Like I said, there's there's so many points. Like point. We had Point X Camp, which was like a full, you know, no one could ever take Woodward, but uh, we had, you know, obviously we had a California-based camp. It was a thousand acres, um, mega ramps, Danny Way. A lot of guys were practicing out there, and and uh, the Mini Wars thing was honestly a fun. Look at that shit. That's so sick. The, co the coolest part was get <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin Hill. Hill. That's Justin insane. Hill. No. Yeah. Running a number one play. Old David. Look at Millsons with a little donut, his little neck doughy. Hopefully they don't get pulled off. Jesse, this. Uh, Jimmy uh, Nelson, Jimmy Nelson, Jimmy Nelson, Josh Hill. Damn. Oh, this is memories. But Kelly Tedder. But why oh, was that a drone? I think it was a helicopter. <laughs> helicopter. I'm pretty sure it was a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, was a, <laughs> back then, back then, yeah, it was. It was uh, definitely a helicopter. It had to be a drone. So right? yeah, I don't know. I mean, just to see all these kids and to watch and like I was going to all the events and traveling around and all the sponsors and friends that I was buddies with, they all sponsored it. So oh, this is four. Yeah. Um. Dude, it's just. It's just cool that it inspired people. Like when you think about life and what you did, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea that more than 10 people would see it. Yeah. And, and it was definitely, I wasn't like, oh, it's going to be like Steel Roots and it's going to be like uh, Crusty Demons of Dirt. I'm like, I'd be stoked if like a few people that, it, you know, they get pumped off it. Suddenly everything started going viral and kids started showing it in their schools. And then all of a sudden, because it was kind of, you know, it was, it was a, it was, so uh, was PG-13 or whatever you're going to call it. Like something was kind of like, it, which for me, like I said, I'm pretty, I've always been pretty mellow in the sense of things. Like, obviously, I do curse, and I curse out of passion, you know, because I'm so damn, like, I, like I'm like i a huge, huge just person. Like, every, everything I live and everything I breathe, it's hard to explain, but I, like, I dive so in that I take it personally. I'm very empathetic about anything I do. So when I was doing this, and I, when I was spending all the time on the line, but, yeah, this, this whole thing was just crazy. A lot of guys to watch all the pros. When I go to a, a Supercross now and all these kids are in the lights yeah. and actually some of That's them. like Justin Hill is literally running yeah. a number one place. It's insane. Year. Yeah, you look at him, you're and like, he's, dude, he's, he's a baby. Spray painting. I can't even believe he could spell Warriors back then. <laughs> well, so Nick, Nick will do better. Name the guys that, like, have won plates that, that come from. Oh, man. You, I mean, it's, it's almost, almost all, it's almost all, all of them. them. Yeah, yeah, if you think about it. I mean, it's it's McGrath. I mean, on the 50 here. And he... He was one that had the best. Even that inspired an industry. Yeah, bro. Jeff Emig. I mean, look at this. The Kelly Tedder. I mean, Kelly Tedder, he, to me, kind of revolutionized how we looked at everything as far as a 
Who was he related to? Um, not the other. No, tattoos. not the same. Uh, no, okay. different. I never. I wondered what happened to him. I never knew that story because he was a badass. A well, badass. Well, there, yes. there there was a lot of badasses that I mean, like I said, like Nico, Nico Izzy, Austin Stroop. I mean, guys. That, that's a sad story. Those two dudes. Well, that's dude, you. I mean, Nick, Nick sitting here next to me and why I'm so proud of this guy. It's a testimony to how crazy life gets when your parents put everything on the line. Your family dedicates everything. Your life is on the road in motorhomes at tracks at a young age at like 10, 11, 12. And it's that dedicated. He could have taken 35 roads and be blown out on heroin right now and going through drugs. Why? The saddest story that we all know recently is, you know, that just breaks everybody's hearts. Dave Mira. I mean. And and I like I said, when I hear it from friends, it's like the greatest legend of all time that inspired us all. So that much to this shit. day will forever inspire us and the legacy he left. I mean, a father, a husband, I mean, all these things. But then he got into, tra- you know, into uh, yeah. to going after to the tra- you know, being a triathlete yeah. and literally zero body fat excelled and what didn't make the tour. Right. Or something like that. No, like I mean he set the world record, the the uh, Ram across the country record with the dudes. And no yeah. shit. I, mean, I, guess, I guess I guess what I'm leading to is just like so sad, and like I said, that, but it's like he had he apparent, it seemed like the identity to get past the wonder, the miracle boy Dave Mira that was MTV, the Got Milk commercial. I mean, he was the guy that broke it. I mean, social distortion. I mean, at the you'd watch and you get the chills, kind of like what McGrath did for Supercross. And there's those few like pioneers, like Tony Absolutely. Hawk was a pioneer. Yeah. Jeremy was a pioneer. Mira was a pioneer. I mean, Hoffman. Know? I mean, there's a mix. Yeah. Of, there's yeah. A, yeah. So, but I guess my thing is identity. Yeah. It's like, dude, I've got scars all over my face. I've fallen short of talent my whole life. You know, you know, trying to go for it, you know, like, but going for it is the biggest thing. But Austin Stroop and Izzy's and a lot of these kids and where's Tedder and where these guys, I hope some that I don't know are doing good. But like I said, there's so many easy there's so many avenues to fall off in your life yeah and to fall short because you set this bar and you set these expectations and 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 they're expectations that are so far that you're every day you don't even enjoy these yeah. kids go from i mean izzy was the kid he was the, like the yeah. Millsaps. he was the he was winning everything dominant he had so much pressure at such a young age and money dude yeah. and, mon- and money and money and money fucks shit Dude, and, yeah. then, and then it messes with relationships, the two parents. Yep. I mean, everything gets in the way. I mean, like Nick, like I said, I, I think it's pretty open, but yeah. Nick, Nick could say probably fair to say $1.5 million on his amateur race career. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. I mean, yeah. he's been on podiums. He's, uh, you know, on different stuff, and he's, I mean, he's done good, but. Did you race, did you have an AMA career? Very short-lived. Uh, I mean, after 2005, 2004 was my last you're racing amateur. I raced Loretta Lynn's um, and then stepped into Yamaha Troy, which was obviously yeah, big, okay. big shoes to fill yeah. at the time and ended Massive. up getting. I would have, I would have, who was on your team then? Uh, so I filled in for Josh Hansen. Okay. Um, and then I had Danny Smith, Kelly Smith, Mike Brown as my teammates um, yep. heading yep. into Broom yep. Tioga. I was going to say that would have been Broom Tioga where you went pro, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Broom okay. Tioga. It was supposed yep. to be Millville, but I broke my hand at Loretta's that year. So yep. I had to take Pussy. that extra week off. And Pussy. Pussy, right? <laughs> it, was, it was just a hey, chip. Fucking, I yeah. would have raced. Yeah. I actually <laughs> finished out the week and finished third in both pro sport classes. So I was uh, on the couch calling him out. Pussy. Yeah, I fucking I wish I had Instagram then. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I would have fucking left a scathing uh, comment. Oh, I would have. I would have trumped you. Oh man! That just hey, everyone just got so quiet. It's almost like like I could have said anything in the world, but all of a sudden you bring that up. It's like wait, what? Were we, what were, <laughs> I, 
I did. I, we, keep no, keep no, going. Sorry, go, we go. we so, fucked you up. Yeah, we totally did. Uh, yeah. So I mean, my pro career, let's be honest, was was essentially nothing. Like I, I all man up to it. It was nothing. I made mistakes. I took the wrong decisions. I didn't listen to the right people. I thought I was eighteen year old know it all. And I think going back to Malcolm's point you're so blind at such a young age that you really only know one thing. You have a one track mind. You're at an age of, let's say eight years old. Now it's like eight to 10 years old. You're in magazines. You're, you're in digital content. You're on websites. You're the home page of sponsors now. So like that pressure's already there at such a high level that you need to sustain it. You're obviously at an eight year old mentality. You're not thinking that. Yeah. That, there's no like innocence of being a kid. No. Like you, I got to be a kid yeah. until Right now, I'm still a fucking kid. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we all are. But, yeah. like, but I never had that pressure of, you know, like you, it's sort of, if you, I'm, I mean, I'm sure if you could do it again, you probably would go do it again. You I know just know I mean? it wouldn't, I don't, wouldn't change anything about my entire life because it wouldn't make me who Exa- I am Yeah, today. exactly. That's it, simple. But, I mean, yeah, just the, the pressure to put on a kid and it, it like I was going to say this about, um, at the ethical stuff as well, right? And I and I think this about my life. Not to, sorry to cut you off or whatever, okay. but life has the and it's something I've been really thinking about lately, especially because of living here, right? I never wanted to live in America. It wasn't a you know you get some people their goal is to like move from Nebraska and I'm gonna go to LA right. and I'm gonna have a podcast or whatever. I'm gonna be in movie like that was never my goal. I never thought this was gonna be my life. I never went on a plane. I went on one plane until I was 17. So, like, I never traveled. Mm -hmm. I didn't know shit Mm -hmm. outside of where I grew up. Right. And it was like one thing happens and then I I bought a camera and then that was a fucking freak thing. Like, I I just could take photos and I could make videos and I could edit. And you know what? What, Was it for the midget kitty porn or was it for the moto? No, no. It was for the kitty porn. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it was just like (laughs) me and Louis C.K. had a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Doug. Sorry. Uh, So it was like I got a a camera and then it was like, oh, you're actually good at this. And it's funny that like the mini warriors. So I started filming and straight up I knew how to make videos because I'd spent thousands of hours watching mini warriors and crusty demons and the great outdoors yeah. and all this shit yeah so it was like automatically i bought a camera and i just knew how to do it because the template was there for right. me right you know but then it was like this happened and then i took a a working holiday to america rockstar fucked my flights up i was supposed to be oh why'd that just go out oh camera sorry um it was i was supposed to come here for two weeks to film for rockstar and then the chick that booked my flights at Rockstar fucked it up and she booked it for two months. And I had I didn't have any money at all. Like literally no money. My mum was putting money on my card so I could stay for two months. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I'm out of money, I'm out of money. I ended up um luckily got some jobs and like some people paid me from Australia and I could like actually live. But then it was like two I got forced to be here for two months and I was like, Oh, this is kinda cool. And then when I went back to Australia, I was like, oh, man, I kind of could go back. Like, there was more stuff for me to do. So then I, I just started looking for avenues. And then the JDR KTM team came along. Then I shot all that. I was like, hey, I'll, I'll do this. I'll go and I'll shoot these videos for you. And then it's like this momentum gets going. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's 2017 and I'm still here. And it wasn't my plan. Mm-hmm. But life gets this funny way of gathering steam and it's like 
that's like I, I feel like it's with celebrities there's a tipping point to where it's over now everybody knows who you are and you're gonna be famous forever mm-hmm. you don't like this bus you're on too bad bro you're here now and I think that everyone's life has moments where they there is those like little tipping points to where you know maybe it was something you did in your amateur career or mm-hmm. when you went pro or with Ethica or whatever mm-hmm. happens and then it's like ah oh, this is life now yeah wasn't part of the plan but the momentum just keeps rolling and all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. in this place that you didn't really think that you'd you'd totally. be in, you know absolutely shit I think I just found mine like a couple months ago <laughs> the. <laughs> I think I think you're continu- continuously finding it, you know, and, and the problem is, is like if you if you if you live in the past, you'll never be able to grasp and harness and like take all those things that were actually just stepping stones to get to your true potential. And and whether it's Ethica, whether it's mini warriors, whether it's I mean, I had toys of me, action figure toys. I wasn't McGrath. I wasn't Pastrana. <clears throat> and it was because of the mini warriors and that I could actually ride that they uh, Jack specific gave me a toy. That's when I saw my first fifty thousand dollar check at like twenty twenty one twenty two, and I'm like, and I walk into Toys R Us and kids are like, "That's Malcolm," and they're running up with my blue haired motocross toy. I'm like, "This is banana clip, just like this is like yeah. crazy, right?" And so, I anyways, my point is like, if you look at all these things, but sometimes for a while you look, and then how a celebrity or whatever you whatever you get to a certain thing is, they're all blessings in whatever words you want to use, but. God, they're all really just stepping stones. So the weird thing is when you do have a mix of ones that you feel so humble that, you know, I didn't grow up in a, I grew up, I guess I grew up blessed. You know, I, I, like I said, there's nothing negative. I had rad grandparents, family, this and that, a lot of passings, a lot of, a lot of chaos, a lot of things I saw at a young age, you know, having a, not a dad around and my mom and then my mom just opening up our house as a giver and a caretaker. She loves people and was helping all these people. They just happened to be going through meth problems and, (laughs) and Coke problems and, and uh you know things like that ether (laughs) um so so our house was gnarly till i was 16 but it taught me so much about judging about life about that's why i really when you talk about race or you talk about people you talk about nationalities culture i've seen it all and i've seen the lowest points of people where their teeth are falling out from drugs they're going to jail for 10 years you know for getting busted for being for dealing you know rest in peace my uncle you know something happened we found him you know completely scalped you know, like, which Fuck. was just heavy, you know, and like, you know, he was, he was a gnarly, like kind of hell's angels type guy. Yeah. And so these are all things that we went through. My cousin had cancer at 16. Kelly, I love you. If you're listening, she literally is the rock. She is such a damn warrior. I think I might've told you the story when we were driving mm, out there, yeah. but cancer at 16, um, in high school, she lives with my mom. And me. we live in a trailer home now, by the way, we had this house lost all, all this other stuff. And we live in a trailer home. I moved to San Marcos, which was all you know, um, I'd say dominant. I was a minority. It was dominant Hispanic. Yeah. So which is cool. It's fine with me, except for little white dudes getting rolled. Dude, I was getting jumped like all the time, and, you know, and and uh, and my cousin, you know, had no hair and she's living at my house. And and I'm new to this is like I'm new. Cancer's crazy. Like we don't even know what is going yeah. on. And um, and the first fights I started getting in were because people were making fun of her with no no hair. I'm like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Anyways, go back. I guess fast forward to today. She's had five hip replacements, five knee replacements. Um, she worked as in criminal justice. She had her bachelor's degree, and they said, they said, oh, you don't have a master's degree. Even though she was so good, they said you can't grow. They gave her a glass ceiling as a woman, which I think is just, just stupid. And so she went back, got her master's degree, came back two weeks later. I'm sorry, came back after a master's degree. They gave her the position, and then two weeks later found a softball-sized tumor in her head, removed it. I'm talking Frankenstein out the back. 
She's just such a stud. She's back to work two weeks later. I, I, I transitioned to this story because who the fuck am I? Right. Who the f- I mean, I'm sorry. I, lo- I love everybody. Like the dude that has nothing to do does everything. The dude that was born with a uniqueness that's different, whatever. But that's my biggest thing of life. But I mean, when you watch up and you grow up with these elements, success is kind of only what you manage in your head. Nick and I are going. I mean, dude, the ride out with you and Jeremy Malat, insane. Why? People just being human. No judging. No levels. Yeah. No platform. I'm not photoshopping the the scars on my face. I'm not. Uh, you know, the chicks aren't taking the cellulite off their butts just to show it on a you know on their post to get their one angle. They're embracing who the hell you are. And I think that's the biggest thing. But when you look at success and you look at all these different things, that's the most damaging part is that everyone has something so unique. I will never be you. I can't yeah. be Nick. I can't be freaking Big Daddy Nick over here. You know, I can't be you guys, but you guys have something so crazy that you're brought here to give. But sometimes we spend so much time trying to be the 90 that everyone else is. We never truly live. Then we live with regret because now we're older, and, you know, meaning down the line. And we look back and we never truly took those steps to speak. So when you got guys like that have pressure like him at a young age in motocross or any sport or musicians or artists where you see Amy Winehouse or Kurt Cobain's or all these legends we look up to that inspired. It's like you get lost. Your circle gets lost. Everyone is attacking. Everyone's judging this and that. And people are judging, but no one's caring to look, to ask, to learn. And instead of going, oh, Nick, dude, one point five million dollars. Your dad spent. Oh, way to not win a Supergirls title. This and that. It's like it's so easy to attack. But also it's like, dude. That's rad. Your parents backed you. That's crazy, dude. You gave it your all. I remember you sweating here, taking these classes, taking your own money, side hustling here, working this job so you could race, going to get a pro career in Canada, you know, doing good, landing on some podiums. Dude, 21 years old, getting married, now young, you know, 31 young, working with me again. And it's just like you look at these steps. It's all steps, yeah. but it's easy to fall off. So the thing I'd say is it's easy to attack people when they're having a hard time, whether there's famous or just trying to figure out their true, true, you know, true yeah. legend. And I think that I'm sorry if I got lost a little no, bit, no. but, but it's just so crazy. Like that's all that happened with Nico. That's all that happened with Stroop. Great kids. I, I love the kids. Just when you get in though, and especially if you get on some gnarly ones like heroin and different things like that, dude, heroin, I didn't realize how addicting it was till I had employees under Ethica that I didn't realize had it. Cause I was so naive, even though I grew up in a home that was around a lot of stuff. Dude, heroin is the hardest thing in the world to get off of when you get on heroin. And, and it's wise because you could be telling me, dude, I'm getting better. I stopped and this yeah. and that. You become pathological and you almost believe what you're doing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I almost rehired someone that I let, let go because she cleaned up. I actually got her a job at Volcom, you know, because I believe she cleaned up and then she relapsed again and went back out. And I, I pray she's, you know, good, no names, but it's like, it's just life is so damn crazy. And it's that, yeah, it's that, like, momentum shit. And it's like... That was deep, dude. But I, I no, no, <laughs> I, no, I get it. But that's that's what I mean. Like, you just get in these, this fucking momentum. Get in, in the life. system. Yeah. yeah, and you can't, you know, like, if I... So, for my example of, like, okay, I'll never go... Like, say I'll just move back home. And it's like, I've got this and this and this and this. And then I'd have... No, I wouldn't have this. And then I wouldn't have these people and these friends. And then... You know what I mean? So it's like, even if it was that decision, it's it's not as easy as just making a decision. And it's so easy to to judge. And I think like that's probably one of the good things that, uh, like I I I saw a lot of like stuff growing up as well with like you know friends that their dad had kicked the shit out of them every day, and it was like you sort of the first thing you said is something that I've 
been trying to really live by is intentions. Because you can say a fucked up thing to somebody, but not really have the intentions of hurting that person with what you say. Mm-hmm. Or you could say something nice and the intent is like, oh, I really fucking hate you. So it's like, it's this weird thing. And then you get these people, like you said, dudes with their teeth falling out. Like, they're not bad people. Like, that's they're not there in that situation because they're a piece of shit. Like, the momentum of their life just led them to be in a super weird place. And it's not really a place that they even want to be. And it's not a place that they can just day one quit and tomorrow their life's different. Yeah. So it's like, and it's super easy to judge those people. Absolutely. Or it's like the Nico Izzy. Yeah. That's like, that's like, oh, you fucking blew it, man. Yeah. You had everything. You had all this talent. You had all. It's yeah, like but nobody realizes what actually transpired that to get to, to that make stage. That like they don't understand. Like a lot of people go in the forums, you know, and go, oh, he's peace, he's peace, he's peace. You don't, unless you've actually experienced it, you don't truly understand what the pressure yeah. is. I mean, you get, I got pulled out of school at 10 years old. Pulled out of school. You're homeschooled now. That's yeah. it. You don't know anything, but you're homeschooled. My mom's teaching me homeschool. Okay, cool. I'm literally getting taken to the airport on a Friday night to race on a Saturday and Sunday in Florida, getting put back on the plane Sunday night to come back so I can get my school done, doing it seven weeks straight with Davey Millsaps and his family. It's like, you're, what, you don't know any better at that time. You're just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll go. Cool. Get, did I win? Yeah, you won. Yeah, okay. You got my trophy. Mm. It's like, that's the only thing you know. And then it transpires to this thing like a Nico and Austin where they were on a completely different level than I were. You know, they had their factory deals and they got signed to big money when they like went pro. Bank, bank, bank at that time. Bank, bank, bank at 12. Uh, yeah, yeah, essentially at 12. You don't know any better at that time. So the pressure's on you and you know only one thing. Okay, cool. I'm going to, you know, I'm probably going to party because I don't know what partying looks like. And yeah. I, you know, I came in at a late age as partying. And when I found, I'm like, okay, now I truly understand why these guys went down this road because it's, it's an addictive. That's like the, the Tiger Woods thing. Like I always say, like, and it, it can come across the wrong way, but it's like, who am I to say Tiger Woods is a bad person for doing what he did? Like, I have never experienced the level of talent. Like, I, I'm a golfer. I go hit golf balls. I'm not very good. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, I'm actually better than, a lot better than the average dude going to play golf. But that doesn't make me even close to that level. You know what I mean? So it's like, the f- I've never even felt what it feels like to hit a golf ball like Tiger Woods. So, and that's just one element of his life. Then he's, is he a, like a billionaire? Like he's, I think he was one of like him and Jordan. And well, he's one of the first Nike billion dollar contracts. Yeah. So, so it's like, that? I've never had that much. I've never even had a hundred thousand dollars in my say, account. I was going to say his exes. No. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? So it's like on every single level of his life, I have not experienced anything that he has right so how could i even remotely cast judgment or how could i say that i would do it different if i was if i lived every single moment of his life who am i to even say that i would be different or if i was nico izzy but you're speaking so humble right now but what you could easily do though is you could take the other side because we're all sarcastic we all have wit we all have fun we could be like oh that pussy dude he went this and that oh what was he doing those chicks weren't even hot you can go on forever but you didn't grow up with no life. One, one, one quick example yeah. on this guy is like it was him, Millsaps, and what was the other dude in the car with my sister? Remember when you guys came? Oh, uh, was it Brian Johnson? Brian Johnson, who was fat. Yeah, yeah. Brian Johnson, yeah. Davy Millsaps, and uh, and and, 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 <laughs> oh, and I know Nick. where we're going with so this the, one. So, dude, these guys come in. They're like, and dude, they're just how old are you guys? Twelve? May, yeah, maybe twelve. Twelve-ish, yeah. right? All in that area. Twelve. They're in the back of my car. You know, they're my uh, the back of my truck. We're driving. We're probably riding and doing photo shoots. But then there's like, I'm like, hey guys. 
I'm like, my sister was the same age. I'm all, dude, my sister, she was the one that was the hottest girl in school on the beach, the surf, the tan, her friends, her friends, like dad created Starbucks. I mean, it was like the full wealth, the whole beach, the whole story. It's like, it's like Laguna Beach TV show, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden I got these guys coming in. Good looking, uh, you know. Some good looking dude. No, no, no. no, no, I was going to say some good looking, some questionable. No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. What up, Davey? (laughs) (laughs) Millsaps. I'll say. No, I'm kidding. No, but it's like we're sitting there. Dude, we're driving up, right? So picture we're 10, 15, 20 minutes from getting my sister. And they're going to prom, right? So they're 12, whatever little dance at 12, 13 years old. They're like, dude, what up, dude? Dude, I tell a chick like this, dude, me, dude, my my gun, dude. When I smoke, my racist, dude, she probably knows who I am. What up? You know, oh, yeah, I talk. I know. I know, I know how to talk. No, it was like I'm not even like it was so in whatever that realm. Was so it was so co- no, no, it was so <laughs> confident that it was like it was this chatter. It's like yeah, yeah, what's up? You know what I'm saying, dog? Yeah, yeah. Like just confidence, just exuding out my car. I pull in, three blondes walk in and they get in and the guys go like this. <laughs> not one. I'm word. all guys. I'm all guys. Literally talk. And my sister is like, she's trying a, to get it. She's out a McCassie. She's sarcastic. She's like, are you guys sick? Are you guys like dying? What's that? And they're like, um, do you guys want to go to like the da- dance or do you want to, do you want to do something like, and they're like, I'm like, dude, you guys are so funny. I'm like, and I, I think I was calling them out. I'm all, I'm all sis. 10 minutes ago, dude, dude, my first title is now I can run five miles. Dude, this is stamina right here, doggy. This is stamina. 12 stamina. years old. Yeah. 12 years. I'm, but it was that kind of heat. Cause at the tracks, it was their confidence. The track was their life. Well, you, you live in a bubble exactly. when you're, exactly. when you're that, like when yeah. you're growing up the way that you did, yeah. you don't know. Like anything. anything nothing but you're a savage in in one in bubble. The bubble in the bubble. in that little bubble at a track oh yeah it's like oh so and so sister knocked it dog no i'm just kidding and <laughs> even though, even though they didn't even kiss her they just had a crush on her yeah like you know it's at loretta lens well, i was stuff. gonna say like so, loretta shit. so yeah. tiger woods that story is the same thing dad did the greatest job of, of raising a champion he raised a champion but it's hard to be a kid it's, par- or it's hard to be adult. a human as well it's hard to be a human yeah. being yeah. when you go into that limelight and you have those types of deals and those types of Things at a young age. And by the way, Tiger at the beginning was making money. And I lived in Carlsbad. And he he was doing similar stuff before it was bad because obviously he had yeah. a, a, a wife. But that was already him trying to break out and trying to find who he was. I was in Carlsbad. And that's where – wasn't Callaway or one of his t- – Yeah, that, yeah they're they're all there. Was yeah. it TaylorMade? Yeah. yeah. Back at the beginning of the whole career probably? Is that – Well, I think he was – I just know Callaway. Maybe there. like, t- well, that whole industry is there. Yeah, Carlsbad. Like, Carlsbad's the Temecula of golf. Of golf. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So, but I mean, all the restaurants were opening and like, of course, I'm working at whatever I'm in that area, No Fear, Spy, whatever I'm doing. And like, and like, you, you know, just the bartenders, you know, the people that are yeah. like, Damn, Tiger Woods is coming. So-and-so is hooking up with Tiger, so-and-so. And this is like, this is at a time where he actually could. It's just, he was trying to figure out who he was. So once again, the easy thing to do is go, dude, if I was Tiger, that's so dumb. He had all the money in the world. Why does someone have all the money in the world and jump in a freaking car like Bieber or some of these guys? Dude, they don't know any better. They've never truly had to. They're invincible. They're walking around. Yeah. It's like, it's and, like and you'd know what it's like even being around like MC and Travis. There's just yes men everywhere. Yeah. And like I, I've seen a bunch of the James stuff go down and we don't have to name names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, fuck, bro. Like you have to know this was coming. Yeah. Like you've surrounded yourself with dudes that just it's yes to everything. You're the shit. Oh, fuck those fans. Mm-hmm. Like fans trying to like the a good example was um he pulled out of going to Australia for the supercross thing. Mm-hmm. 
And man, like Australia's down there. There's not many people that are coming. Like back in the n- early '90s, you'd get like McGrath and Emig would come down. Then the, the scene went away, mm. and then all of a sudden, it's it's back now. Adam Bailey and boys are killing it yeah, with yeah. the Supercross thing. Yep. Everyone's starting to go there again. It's a, it's a big deal to people. Yeah. Like there's a huge motocross following down there that has just been shut out mm. for for years because of just the the general industry. Right. James announces that he's coming. Right. And then Chad's going, and obviously they've got, they've, they have a legit history yeah, where they, they don't like each mm-hmm. other. And so then James pulls out, and I was doing some stuff with him. We played golf together right around when it was happening. And then he, he had these people talking to him about, like, because he got fucking heat, man, on social. Like, he got chewed. People hated him for it. He was getting people like this. It's obviously too far, but like death threats and like gnarly shit. And he was just so in this bubble as to why these people fucking hated him. And I was like, and then he had all these people around him that were like, fuck them, James. And I'm like, no, dude, fuck you. Like you said you were going to like these people have a legitimate reason. And all of a sudden you James Stewart and you lose the reality, the reality check of someone saying, nah, man, you kind of shit the bed on this one mm-hmm. and he did and it's like you make your bed you sleep in it but when you've got money and you've got success and people like people want to be on the james stewart train because with that comes private jets nice hotel rooms tables because really like money and fame gets you distance from from the people that you don't want to be around and like dude i'm a dick about that stuff sometimes like when I, I won't go to Vegas and stand in a line. On that jet life? You on that jet life, dog? I'm not quite on jet life. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to a nightclub unless there's a table. And because I, I honestly don't enjoy going to nightclubs enough to go without that. You know what I mean? But guess, like, guess we know who we're not inviting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we wait in line, dude. No, I'm just kidding. See, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, like, I'm just kidding. but straight up, I'll be like, that's <clears> like a distance thing. So obviously mo- like money hasn't created that distance, mm-hmm. but I know people that, have that money so it's like i can see why these people want to stay on the good side of james stewart because there's all the perks that come with it and you would have seen it with hansen travis i feel like travis has done a good job of keeping a pretty tight circle around him that actually keeps yeah. it fairly real though but like hubert he ain't no hubert's about as real as it gets he ain't no yes man son no absolutely but you know what i mean so then you get this distance and then you get Again, it's this bubble, and then you've got no one telling you no. And I'm like, I was the only dude there saying, like, you can't, you honestly can't see why these people are pissed. Yeah. And he's like, oh, but yeah. I'm like, no, dude. Like, I'm here with you, right? And we're playing golf. You can jump on a plane and, like, do what Chad did. Chad broke his ankle at straight rhythm and just went to sign autographs. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you do that, you're the biggest hero ever. Yeah. It takes nothing. Like, he had a business class ticket. You just put on a, a moon boot. And, which he didn't even have on because we played golf. Mm-hmm. And you go to the race. And then his whole retirement thing where he's like, he hasn't even retired. And he's like, coming back. I'm not done. I'm not done. Like, no, you're done. You're done. You're done until you're on the start game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, it's just these, you get into that, that bubble and then you get the yes man. And so with Tiger Woods. And then, you know, his his whole deal is like the... I think too. Like, have, have you been to Japan? This uh, is a weird reference. But I have. Japan has a super oppressive culture. Like, everyone's pretty quiet. Sexually, it's super 
oppressive. And that breeds like really weird shit. Because just like you with the moto dudes with partying, mm-hmm. right? It's fully taboo to party mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Like when MC and they didn't matter. But then Emig lost his ride for weed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, ah, okay, I guess we need to pull the pin on this. Mm-hmm. But like, so what's the first thing that Nico Izzy, Josh Hansen, um, fucking Millsaps, all those, what's the first thing they want to do when they move out and they're by themselves and they got all this money? They want to party. Yeah, because absolutely. oppression, yeah. because that oppression breeds like a, re- a rebellion in a sense. And it's the same in Japan. You go there and there, you there's so many hotels that is just by the hour because mm-hmm. they just go in and there's like a crazy hooker culture. It's like it's just a weird place mm-hmm. around sexuality <coughs> because it's so oppressive. Mm-hmm. And it's that same. So with Tiger Woods, it would have been like big old Earl Woods is just going, you got to grind, you got to do this, mm-hmm. you got to do that. It just breeds oppression because like you said before, you don't sort of really even know who you are. You know Tiger Woods the golfer, Mm -hmm. but you don't really know Tiger Woods the dude, you know? And it's the same, and I I just feel like that's the same in a ton of different arenas. Well, I mean, you hit a lot of points. I mean, I I think at the end of the day, everyone has their own pressures they face. Everyone handles them differently. Some people get born into young opportunities that don't really get to understand the other ones. Like, Moto was like literally this little bubble. Yeah. Everything outside the real world, which is why it's crazy with Nick. Like I said, now watching him know so much about so many different cultures and music and this and that. It's like it's like the kid would stop and be shy. And my <laughs> sisters there wouldn't say anything. And yeah. they thought they thought they were on top of the world because they were in Mini Warriors. They were friends with Astrana. I mean, I'm saying not just you, but those types of yeah, things. Yeah. Right. But one thing to James Stewart and to Australia and to life and all these different things is half the half the battle is like people get so competitive that they have to win yeah right like going to australia right that's like a luxury we i mean in a a cool way it's like you go it's not like you're out here it's like you go they bring a few pros i mean honestly if you don't win life's not over you probably get your show no one cares people just want to sign they just want an autograph but they want an autograph and they want you to show the word ship it's like it's like it's valentine's day they're out of flowers so you bring your chick you come home say you you give her nothing fuck you she's like three months later you're making up for it and this that if you would have took a a napkin and wrote yeah, some cool exactly. little note and at yeah. least chip something, then you could at least show that you thought about it. Travis. And it's intention. Yeah. It's intention. Like exactly what and, we've been talking about. I forgot what Gravity Games, um, when Pastrana um, got knocked out in the Gravity Games and basically in the first run and then basically came in, no one realized how bad it was. It was one where he actually walked into walked the stands. Walked into the stands. Walked yep. into the yep. stands. I mean, mental, like the gnarliest concussion ever. Like, doesn't remember going to the stands. We had to go up and grab him, bring him in. And, uh, because he's a big motocross guy, but Rob Van Winkle, Vanilla Ice, is yeah. a, is, he's, a, he's a good friend, and he's actually probably one of the most stand-up he dudes. He seems like a super dude, rad guy. Dude, I asked him, to th- I, I was I threw Sheckler's birthdays from like 14, 15, 16, 17 to probably 20. I didn't do his 21st. That's when it stepped up, and some uh, JJ and some boys brought in Snoop Dogg and stuff. Um, but but uh, I, um, I threw his one, and I basically asked Vanilla Ice, who I met because of McGrath back in the day, who saved me. I was parting pretty hard one night. And we were in – this is when he's vanilla ice, like he's yeah. the guy. And w- Jeremy just won the Supercross in Dallas, and we were at this party. Everyone was in limos. It was the last limo, and I'm like, dude, I'm broke. My my credit card was maxed out at $200. You know, um, I'm like, what – and, and Rob, some guys all, no room in the limos, last one. I'm like, I, this is back – there's no – I mean, there was no nothing. Phones there was shit. maybe a phone, but it was Get dead. a pager. Yeah, maybe a pager. Like if you, if you do the words right, it's spelled boobs, which is pretty <laughs> cool. So all of a sudden, Rob Van Winkle goes – He's with me. He grabs me. Anyways, we went to party. We went back to his house and saved me and Jeremy and everyone was there, luckily. And we partied till like another day. 
But um, anyways, we're at we're at that thing. Travis comes in. He's like, I can't go out. He's like, I'm going to let people down because I can't literally they don't they won't know and they, that I can't literally yeah, that I get it. So yeah. if I go out and I don't jump and I, I, I it'll look bad. And, and then Rob and dude, everyone had a lot of unique advice. But Rob Van Winkle said this. He said, these people love you. They're yeah. here to see you dude. just go out there, do a hot lap and wave to them and come in. Sure enough, Travis goes out there out of his mind, delirious, this and that ashamed of himself because he can't perform in front of his fans does a hot lap a couple laps can't do any jumps and he's in bad i think he broke something too no uh, maybe he didn't break anything but his head it was bad that's bad comes enough. back in and i sat there and i'm like lesson learned for me i said wow all you need to do is ship all yeah. you need to do all you need to do is deliver and that's where james stewart could have went with 500 scenarios um to australia james stewart probably could have a really unique race career making more than racing supercross because he's james stewart doing european events doesn't even have to win he's james stewart you know what i'm saying tiger woods you know i mean everyone's like there's so many careers after your careers i mean mcgrath's been retired for yeah, he's almost 20 everywhere. years he's more he, you know we work with we work with him on his uh him uh, yeah and, on his social yeah stuff. him and him and jason anderson which is just i mean i love i love all the riders i respect them all but jeremy of course is my entire mentor since i was little yeah. travis too but then uh jason anderson is i just respect the kid he's such a dope kid i he like his a, style he is yeah. a cool dude, he's just uh, cool dude. he's just a cool dude and like so the fact and nick and me both i mean mcgrath was nick's childhood nick's childhood hero I mean, jason yeah. jason anderson to me is every potential to be in his own right a unique new fun face and and talent that can actually open up the sport yeah. of motocross to where it needs to go again dude my favorite jason anderson like this l tells you who he is as a dude we he, he's gonna go wolf pack he's going wolf pack we uh wolf pack all what's, right what's wolf pack don't worry about it continue continue yeah uh we, so where we pick him up we're going to outback or something in claremont because that's like the spot you go yeah. there's only one dude you're like chili's guy in outback <laughs> I don't do chilies, but I'll definitely. Well, I'll you, you did definitely. Well, obviously he's gonna mess with some outback. Yeah, on. yeah, come on. Listen to the accent. They're like, "Oh, you want a foster?" Like, <laughs> um, Australian for shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's Australian for fucking. Come on, man. Um, so anyway, we we pick, we go, we pick up, and uh, and uh, he's got this TV. His house is empty, completely empty. And I was like, I was like, "Did you just move in?" He's like, "No, I've been here for about eight months." I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't want to be like. All right, but uh, so he's got this TV, and then the TV stand is the box the TV come in, and I was like, I was like, you just you're not into like TV cabinets and shit. He's like, man, they're about four hundred bucks, and I'm like, I know how much money you make, and he just was like, man, I ain't fucking spending four hundred dollars. I don't have to, and I was just like, that is dude, so rad. It was so rad, but dude, he he's a smart dude with his money, and like I said, he's dude, he's. He's just a real, he's a real, real dude. He's a, he's a real, real person. Dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's rad. It's been such a pleasure getting to work <laughs> with him these last couple months. So, yeah, it's awesome. I love the kid. And We wanted to go to Australia, but we also knew that we probably wouldn't be here with you because I don't know if we would have made the flight back. I'm just saying, even though he doesn't – I'm not drinking right now, but he's he's obviously slowed down since his little story stint. I don't know whether I'm dumb or I've never gone hard enough because I've never had a night that's been a full <laughs> deterrent. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you get some people that – so I, I just don't, yeah. I, I haven't woke up in a hospital bed, though. So maybe I just haven't gone That or you're enough. just a legend. No, but see, I don't want to claim that. I'm either dumb or, I've, or I haven't tried. That's what I'm thinking. I've had some pretty bad ones. That, like deterrence? Like seizures. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> you might win. Like you a, win. Like, like, 
Speaking of seizures, is Nick having a seizure right now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't go die on us, buddy. Don't go die on us. We need you, Nick. We need you, bud. Oh, man. He's not even smoking or anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck oh, it. <laughs> That's classic. Oh, I love it. What are we talking about? Everything. I think I, I, I think yeah. this is oh, probably... Oh, a seizure. This is, well, I had a seizure. I flopped out of the bed, blew the blood vessels out of my eyes, and uh, lost my driver's license for a month. that from drinking? It was from sleep deprivation. It was from drinking. <laughs> I went to Havasu for night. We uh, were out there filming the Nitro Circus uh, TV show or whatever, and Pastrana, all the boats and everything, and... Uh, I left my car at some place. I had to walk in 110 degree heat, dehydrated the next morning, drove six hours back home, fell asleep, fell asleep, and then woke, woke. I don't know if I woke up in the hospital, but I mean, I, I mean, do my eyeballs, they're tired right now and red, but they're blow blood vessels just blown out. And I went in, they did all the EEGs and all the stuff, but it's like, dude, it was bad. Like, so it was alcohol, sleep deprivation. It was probably stress. It was, it was stress. It was a lot of things. I mean, I didn't sleep much cause like I, was traveling nonstop and dude it's it's a testimony to taking care of yourself and oh, there's yeah. a lot of people in this industry that as you know with your freaking hang on to that bad boy kidney you know <laughs> but but it's like you go and you really don't know and we're so damn lucky that you know you know god bless us with these bodies that are able to take on so much and you just don't know what it is till it is yeah you know and so i mean until you and like i had that seizure i didn't drink for a while after that and of course probably the move but it, but yeah, it's a good move. But it's also crazy, like when you br everyone. I'm sure everyone who rides dirt bikes gets asked this question from everyone that doesn't. How come you kept riding after you broke your arm? How come you yeah. kept riding? I'm like, well, first off, it's hard to ever explain. <laughs> dude, our dude's dying yeah, back right? here, dude. You got some right? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Do you want this? Do you want this? I almost feel like we have to nine one one this one and just freaking. Oh, something got stuck in hey, there. who's gonna pay you? Hey, hey, <laughs> prove oh. prove how much it's your boy, dude. CPR, dude. You need some rest. Oh, nah, hey, <laughs> I'll make out with Nick on yeah. camera. He's like, I'm not even really. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even have to be coughing. Hey, um, got all pumped. The wrong Nick. What was I? Oh, that's like the one thing that I'm grateful for with my motocross career is that I feel like I can just take shit. That like so you 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 hang out with a dude that I always get this all the time and it's I'm yeah not trying to be a hero but I always get this all the time where you do something and you're around people that have no moto experience they've got no like never really put well they're very super risk averse they've never really thrown themselves in situations that are like risky and then they they go like oh fuck you're gnarly I'm like nah man yeah like we just rode dirt bikes as a kid and I broke like. I, I had two broken collarbones where it was broken collarbone number two and three where I didn't go to hospital because the first one I broke, I went to hospital and they said, oh, yeah, we can't really do anything. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to go to hospital for the second one and the third one because the first time they didn't do anything. So you just sort of you're not thinking about it. You're not thinking you're tough. And there's always a tougher dude at a motocross track or there's always a tougher dude in, you know, like you got Travis and Matt right. They're fucking gnarly. They're so far on there's, that end of the spectrum. There's tougher and then there's just psycho. It's like yeah. it's like who's injecting what to kind of get past that next thing. I mean, Yeah, like cortisone and dude, shit. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Danny Way is one of the gnarliest and Hoffman. Oh Hoffman and God. Danny Way, like you just don't even step. Cause it's no. like, like what, what dude, the X games, when he freaking clipped this thing, I think he had a broken foot, broken something, whatever. And went out there, won the gold medal, I think right that year. And, and literally went back. The fact that he went back out broken, I know it's adrenaline. I know this, but when it's broken, you know how gnarly a break is. Oh yeah. And I mean, anyways, so, and but it's not like, it's not like they're down at the Playa Vista skate park. Yeah. 
they're on X Games in front of millions of people with money on the line, and it's not they're not doing a trick they know they can land. That was the crazy thing with the that whole heyday of freestyle yeah. was so fucking heavy, like way heavier than people realized. Because like Travis is sitting up there about to do a double backflip, not knowing if he can do a double backflip. Right. It's yeah. like wrap your head. Like when do you go in something that is so big? So much pressure, just the infinity everything, and you sit on a roll in that most people wouldn't <coughs> ride down on a dirt bike anyway, right. and then about to do a trick you don't know if you can do. But you said some a sec- you said some a second ago, and it's that crazy mentality that separates those people. Is Danny Way, and if you look at prior to even X Games and what they did, Pastrana even still secondary was the money secondary yeah. was the tv it's the fact that if there was nothing there period and no They'd one else was it. around they would do it. the Absolutely. exact same thing Dollar that's the, that's the yep. that's the separation of of that posturing up on who you are and dude you're invincible i mean like i said i've broken tons of bones wrist multiple times i mean like i hucked it i i send it dude I, if i saw a hundred i mean i went to hawaii and it was like clifford adaptante and all these guys in hawaii uh, it was the longest existing motorcycle event called the Gar- Garden Island Motorcycle Club. So I'd bring McGrath out there, David Pingree, all these old school dudes back in the day. And then they built this big freestyle ramp and Crazy Leonard's this Hawaiian dude that would just huck everything. It was uh, must have been 120 feet, but two 20-foot mounds. I'm sorry, the landing was 10. The, the, the takeoff was 20. Vert- and, it, dude, it was chipped up. You know how like, you get yeah. those little pictures? And, dude, I'm sitting there. It was Trevor Vines, Clif- Clifford Apt- My idols, right, by the yeah. way. I, I had... I hucked it, but these guys were obviously, they were the freestyle guys. Yeah. And, dude, I'm sitting there, and everyone's waiting. There's all these fans around. No one would jump it. I'm like, I jumped on a clapped-out 98 RM250 that looked like Sanford and Son. Just dun 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 it. The <laughs> thing was just so beat down. I'm all, beat. I'm just, and, and me, my mentality, that, that, that little bit of 1% to the 100 that Danny Way and all these legends have. Yeah. But that 1% I said, dude, no one's going to fuck with me. I got this thing. Boo. Luckily, I landed it. And then I'm doing back in the day, which again, I didn't have a ton of tricks, but I did my heel clickers and all my other little stuff. Dude, and the people were going crazy in Hawaii, but once again, I could have died. Like if you come yeah. up short or long, you're blowing yourself apart. I ended up jumping it like 25, 30 times through the weekend, you know, during their big event. Once again, what is the stupidity? Where is that mindset? Now I'm a dad. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm now. soft, dude, because I'm trying to, ha- you know, I'm trying to hawk up the gun, you know, <laughs> keep the gun show going. But at the end of the day, is like half the stuff we did that we did because we grew up not knowing any other way than when we cut off our cast and went riding like three weeks earlier than Dr. told us we could. Why in the heck did we do that? But man, I wouldn't trade one thing for those moments. I wouldn't trade one thing to the jumps that I didn't make, you know, that I borrowed my buddy's bike when he was gone and went and jumped those two tabletops and all the old videos at La Paglia's house. And I, and I jumped and I went, and it was no one, I, no one was there for me to watch jump it. Not really anyone had really jumped it. And I was on, McGrath's old practice bike that was sold, the owner of, the owner of No Fear sold, Jeff Sirwall sold to uh, Mark Rayner, an Australian uh, pro surfer. Yeah, really? Yeah, Rain Dog. And he ran the surf team at No Fear. And so he was gone, and I lived with him. And so I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to jump anything big. I'll take his bike. I'm all, beep. I'm still going up, and the landing's there. And I'm like, fuck. I am so done. I'm like, no. And so that's when you're gambling. Do I jump off and smash, or do I try to grab a little bit of suspension that will save me a little bit? I G'd out, blew half the spokes of the front rim, just Taco Tuesday this thing, <laughs> and then got, boop, just got ejected over the top. 
and flopped around like a fish out of water. And I'm like sitting there and like, luckily, I think I felt like I didn't want to the doctor, but dude, that was so gnarly. I thought I broke it once again. I wouldn't trade one thing for the good and the bad because half those things are the reasons that I even have a mentality that, that, that enables Boy, it, it carries over. It, did it carries into yeah, business. Absolutely. And that you said something before that I think is the most important thing in the world. Like, all I'm glad, I'm glad I said it. No, well, I'm, just all, I'm, just I'm just kidding. No, for real though. Like all four of us, like we run our own shit. Like we're, you know what I mean? Like we've mm-hmm. got our own things going on. We all do. Like I can do, essentially tomorrow I could wake up and do whatever fuck mm-hmm. I want. And I think that that freedom is what people really look for. And it's what, I think that's what a lot of people miss that are, aren't super happy. And it's not like a monetary thing. Yeah. But I always get people from my town and, you know, parents and like, friends of mine that have got young kids and they're like, oh, can you talk to Billy and tell, and blah, blah, blah. Or like, what did you do? Or what did your parents do that was so, like, that led you to now live and do whatever stuff you want to do and be this creative or do that or start this. And and I just said, like, the thing that my parents did, they just let me be passionate. And they didn't judge me for, like, so with motocross, right? I was never going to be pro. Like, I was never, ever going to be a pro motocross rider. But my parents was like, fuck it. Do it. Do do what you want to do. Like, that's your thing. Do it. And then it was like, from there, I, you know, surfing and golf. And now, so like, to, to go back, they let me go so deep in motocross that it led me to start a blog before blogs were a thing. Then I was like, mom, I really want to get this camera. And I didn't have enough money to get a camera. So my mom bought my first camera on her credit card and it was because they were like all right if that's what you're passionate about then go do that and it was like and that was a big deal it was was like eight thousand dollars and then so i like started doing this and then then your passions change so right now i don't really have a passion for motocross it ended up being my career up to this point and now like my passion's golf and then (coughs) you know you do this podcast thing and then you know i do one podcast i'm like damn that was fucking rad So then it's this pat like so passion is what is the undercurrent of everything. And I see so many people now where I'm like, what's your passion? Like you go to you get up and you go to work and they're like, oh, I can't change my situation. I can't I fucking hate my job. I hate this. <clears throat> or like, what should I tell little Timmy to do? Tell little Timmy to stop fucking with so much homework and do the thing that he wants to do and let him like don't look at his po- like Pokemon, for example, is like such a good example, right? Say little Timmy's like crazy into Pokemon. You don't know that Pokemon Go is going to come out. Like you don't know that Nintendo is going to bring that shit back. And little Timmy is the world expert in Pokemon. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, little Timmy's now a big thing. Or you don't know that Mini Warriors is going to lead to, you know, become like this global thing. It's just like it's a passion, and and you're not like you weren't a kid looking for a trend. You weren't going like, fuck, man, I really think this mini warriors thing is the reason I'm going to be uh, starting Ethica. Or, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just this passion thing. And if you live a life with passion, that, that's all, like, that's the secret. And so many people just don't have an avenue like you with cycling. Like, how much stuff can come out of that? Or yeah. motocross, like now with golf, like I've done tomorrow, I'm doing a podcast with Charlie Hoffman. Yeah. Dude's a, one of the baddest golf golfers on the planet mm-hmm. 
And it's like, that's out of my passion for golf. No one gave me that. No yeah. one suggested I do a podcast with Charlie Hoffman. <clears throat> it's just that. Pa- and so many people, they, they're trying to manufacture wins in a way. You know what I mean? It's like, or trying to predict a trend or whatever. It's like, no, nah, man, just fucking do what you want to do. And if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, then you're doing what you want to do anyway. You like you sort of can't lose. In yeah, a way. absolutely. I couldn't have said it any well, it's, better. It's like like tying to that is like I, I I'm gonna probably misquote it, but it's like the richest, most wealthy place in the world is is the cemetery because that's where all great ideas lie. Yeah. Because no one ever actually delivered them. To, so to your point on passion is like you know how many kids or people thought about many warriors bef- way before we did. Yeah, exactly. They just didn't do, do it, it. Yeah. and they sat back because they waited for the status quo in the system to say it was okay. Like like I said. Uh, like on social media to just post to post as I've learned is, is such a waste of time. And it's like, if you don't have something really family, love, passion, something connected to you, but you don't have to wait to post, but also you don't need to post just to fit in. Yeah. So if you go back to your passion, it's like, if you just, if you love dogs, if you love this, whatever you love, there's a career and everything. There's something in all these things. But I think a lot of the things trending in the world is that, that, that people are seeing the light. The only thing that we all wish upon them is that they get off the couch that we're so much enjoying right now and actually go put an action behind that passion and do it and do fall on your ass. Yeah. Like that thing, that's one thing about motocross is like, you know, how many the average and I don't know what it is, but I'd say probably the average guy that raced since they were four or five or rode every day or did whatever has broken at least. Yeah. Five to ten. And I mean, there's rare examples. I mean, McGrath's in pro at 16 or 17 or started riding at 14, 15 or 15, I think. But anyways, dude, that's like a commitment. A broken arm cast out for three months. And still I, do it. And still love it. Yeah. And still love it. I mean, like, I mean, like Jake Weimer. I mean, I mean, obviously wins championships, goes out. Obviously, great rider. This and that just got, you know, had a bike malfunction and hurt again. Yep. Now he's a dad. Now he's, you know, he's, he's, there's just so many components to it. But man, the feeling of doing it so far outweighs the feeling of failing because you didn't. Or not even failing because you didn't. The, to you do it and try. to fail is way better than to oh, never trying yeah. and oh, sit there. Time. And it's like, man, you know, to watch and go to never throw your leg over a bike. If you've watched it and you've said, man, that would be so cool. But you're too scared to get hurt. So you don't do it. Or just, yeah, just, it's just like, I don't know. Like I said, I th- I'm so grateful for, they say like our true timeline or our true story is, is in the scars that we carry kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's like, dude, I mean, my whole face, dude, I could break down every one of these stitches. I mean, some were cancers, some were different things, but as much as I was hosting Fuel TV and doing all this television stuff after the Mini Warriors, all of a sudden I found out I had a skin cancer on my forehead, and they went in and literally they cut my whole eye open and had to shave my eyebrow three days before I was hosting. And I said, "Man, my life's over. What am I gonna? What am I gonna do?" And I sat there with this Crimea River, sim- very uh, just sad story I built up in my head. Yeah. Our heads are so funny and powerful. And I built it up so much that I ended up putting on a fedora hat. I tipped it sideways, full Michael Jackson style, and went in and hosted in Russia, you know, or something like that. The you know the 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 Red Bull uh, X Fighters. Yeah. And I guess rethink. There's there's a, a good line my buddy uses. Uh, Kevion, a great guy, dude. You got to follow. He's got a vlog too. What is it? Is it? You know what his vlog is? Uh, Project Mindset 47. Pro- yeah, Can pro- you look that up? Yeah, yeah pro- Project Mindset 47. Yeah. So, dude, great guy, motivational speaker. He's been on Drama's podcast, short yeah. story long. And basically, he he's a life coach too, and he's helping out people. But it's uh, 
Just go to like Google Vic. It's uh recognize. Recognize, right? What pa- what was it called, Mel? Sorry. Uh, Project Mindset forty seven. There we go. Sweet, we're gonna Is it there? Oh, Nick, that, I don't know why. Uh, the you might have ACMI to go to, um, you might have to go to the Instagram I mean, account. You could put, you could put his name in there. Yeah, just, just chuck the it. program back on the boys. Hey, hey is it, you could put his name. It's K-E-V-I-O-N. Yeah, our screen's just gone out for some reason. Oh, K-E-V-I-O-N, and the last name is S-T-I-R-D-I-V-A-N-T. S-T-I-R-D-I-V-A-N-T. Oh, there you go. I love how the second thing on Google is Kevin Savant wife. Sorry, give me that one. Fucking uh, horny bastard. <laughs> so anyway, so dude, look him up, rad dude. He, I think. Yeah, case, group, um, yeah K- case. That's his. That's his group. So there might be some links under that. That's him in the pictures below. Yeah, oh, that's rad. So this, so this dude grew up skating. His stories are just insane. You should listen to. Short story long, the podcast with drama, you know, from uh, yeah, Fantasy Factory and Robin Big, and uh, Young and Reckless, obviously founder, creator, and that guy, great guy too. He says, recognize, so recognize the problem, recognize what it is, recognize what, recognize what it is when you're ten, when you're fifteen, what, recognize what it is that you're that, that you're suffering from, realize, realize the real lies that you're telling yourself about this, you know, what you reckon, you know, what, you know, yeah. what you recognize, realize, realize the real lies and then recreate because you have to recreate that experience. You're going to live with that experience forever. Yeah. Nick might've lost this race. If I only would have got that touchdown, yeah. I'd be playing for the Broncos. It's like, if you can recognize these things, you know, like when my dad left my mom or when I felt sad or when I felt like, and I can, re- and I can realize that I'm just telling the lies in my head and it's holding me back from the passion and the truth of me getting off this couch and going after my damn dreams then I can recreate that moment into a positive and go after it because that's holding me back from the real, the real energy, the real breath, the real me that I'm supposed to deliver. Yeah. So, so anyways, Kevin's got this thing as a life coach guy, but you know, Kevion's like recognize, realize, and then recreate. And he's got like 10 other, I mean, he's got, a, I mean, he's yeah. actually killing it on all levels. Nick got to meet him and hear it. But, but if, if everyone could like just really soak up what that means to recognize these issues, realize the lies that you're telling yourself that's going on, oh, I can't do it because my uh, I drink just because my parents are alcoholics. Yeah, so I'm exactly. gonna drink forever. No, you have the ability to recognize that that hurt. You realize that the lies in your head are what you're telling yourself, and then you could recreate that moment so you can go enjoy your damn life. The the craziest thing, like one of the big things that I've been thinking about lately, is that I try and pick the people in my life that have a victim mentality. So I I don't I don't know whether it's like a a thing that is actually like people have said before but i i think that there's people that happen to the world i'd say every four of us in this room and hurley happen to the world Hurley. <laughs> so but then i think that there's a yeah, <laughs> straight to the nut <laughs> these nuts <laughs> um so i think oh we got our camera back so yeah chuck that back on real quick nick yeah, there we go. So that's uh, Kevin Savant. So it's, yeah, it's his name. I mean, Kevion. I mean, it's K E V E N. Ah, Kevion. But I mean, Kevion's a dude. Like, so that podcast he did. Oh, that podcast pack. That podcast he did had. I I want. I don't totally quote me, but over a million. But I think one point four million downloads. Really. And 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 drama has had. 
the biggest football players, the biggest agents, the biggest people on this guy's story of his crazy upbringing and his parents. I mean, he was a best friend to the founder of like LRG who passed. I mean, his story is so crazy. He now sets his mind in focus. He lives in the house that he said he wanted. He yeah. sets these affirmations every morning. Well, he changes every. It's like it's just it's a good story of good people, but you have to do the actions or else you can't just expect your dreams to knock on the front door. Well, that's that's exactly what I was saying. Like that, you just said that he lived in the house he said he would. So he just happened to the world. Like we don't know enough about consciousness or reality. Like we don't. There's so much shit we don't know. Like this could be a video game. We could be the first reality we could be the f we could be the f 500 millionth reality like we literally don't know so to sit here and say like no the world's just how it is and the things that happen happen to me but like there's been so much shit so i'll, I'll finish i'm getting ahead of myself so it's yeah it's either you happen to the world or the world happens to you and people that have a victim mentality the world is always happening to them the reason they're fat is because they're stuck in traffic every day but you took that job knowing how far you'd have to drive. You know what I mean? So it's like if you can continually blame the world for your problems, but then you get a dude like like uh, Kevian. Did I say mm -hmm. that right? Yeah. You, you get him. He happens to the world. Like there's nothing that the world does to him that keeps him from his shit. And, I mean, there's been times with me, right? So, like, I've had times coming in. Like, I'm always worried coming in to customs just because it's always – a heavy experience when you come from another country into the US. Mm. And there was a dude, it was one trip, I was coming in for like a three-week holiday. And there was a, a dude at the customs line, it's going to sound kooky as fuck, um, and he, he was laughing. And he, like he was a, the, a customs officer and he's sitting there like giggling at the, an interaction. And in all my trips to America, I'd never seen a customs dude even crack as much as a smile. And I just went, I want that fucking guy. And so you get down and then you've got all of these little lines and shit that funnels in. And so if you looked at it in like a number, you've probably got a 3% chance of getting that guy because if this line gets split then this line gets split and then this line's got five options. Mm -hmm. So it's like the chances of me getting that dude are what, like crazy. And I just said, I want that dude. And I got that guy and I made a joke about football because football just started. And I it was the most easy customs experience in my life and i just obviously what we whatever that's like to sit for me to sit here and say i manifested that's kooky i don't know it either way but it's just as kooky to say that i didn't manifest that so you can go through life happening to the world and taking ownership like every problem's your own problem like the world didn't cast this problem on you this is just your problem and you can choose to fix it or you can be a victim so, like, I think one of the biggest things that, that I've done is just really think is, like, is this person a victim or, like, are they happening to the world or is the world happening to them? And if the world is continually happening to these people, I can't be around you. Right. I'm fucking done. Like, I don't want to hear about the reason that you can't lose weight. I don't want to hear about the reason your job sucks. I don't want to hear about the reason you got no money because you're the reason. And, it's the, and as soon as you start looking at life that way, it's kind of liberating. Because you can own your fuck-ups. And then the other, the other thing, too, is, like, you see people that get stuck in these ruts. And it sucks. Like, I've been there. But this, there's been times where I've been killing it. And money was coming in. And shit was good. What are you doing, you motherfucker? You're, you're right. 
So, like, there's been times I've been killing it, and it was just all bullshit. And I was like, you probably got the same thing with, with Ethica, where you think, like, I fucking cracked the code. <laughs> I figured this shit, like, probably right as you were going pro. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You would have been like, I fucking got it figured out. Ethica's killing it. You're hanging with all these people. I've got it figured out. Both of you are sitting Dude. here today more enlightened and on a better yeah. road and hey, hey, he was working he was working in my garage shipping and i think we sold like 25 30 cents a day and we dude, were that were on top of the world that dude, day dude, and then no, hey, right? dude, we went out that night we went to the little daily dose and just sent it that night one of those nights we just party with this guy who claimed he like was wall street's freaking founder and this and that he was just a con artist yeah. but he was so funny we knew he was and we just went along with it and he's like he had this we have pictures we got to pull up at some point and show you but my point Where's is, like, the picture? Let's pull it up. Oh, no, it'll be too hard to find that. That's going to be tough to find. Yeah, that'd be tough. That's, well, that's no, I've, deep I, in Facebook. We'll have to go on a print. But if you saw this guy and, like, he, the story he was selling us on, and me and him were just freaking, like, just, in just your we didn't, we just, just didn't matter what was happening. But we were celebrating the fact that, like, dude, when one person buys one thing, you know, entrepreneurship is a funny thing. Like, I, Gary Vaynerchuk, a million yeah. people are saying this stuff. But a true entrepreneur, entrepreneur is to have an idea, create it, and se- make one, sell one and one. sell one. one that's it all, that's you, all yeah. you need i mean i mean ideally the goal is you go but i mean everyone talks about these i mean i could tell you 55 companies i never oh. launched and like like i said i have every reason by myself for 12 you know 16 years since i started ethica dude no one backed me i could work for any company clothing because everyone's like oh, i like this underwear thing's ever gonna make it yeah no one cared no one cared and i was watching even my you know pastrana laughed and he's like you know, well, he kind of says it jokingly, but he's like, I promised him there's going to be all these chicks and exotic islands and girls in like, you know, underwear. Obviously, now he's married to a beautiful wife is way back. But he's like, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah, I don't think he wouldn't know what to do with a chick at that time. Yeah. But he was like, oh, man, it's cool, man. It's cool. Thumbs up. You know, he's all he's all hype. But if you look at every single obstacle that like every reason in the world that it shouldn't be here today. Yeah. And if you look at the one person, the one inspiration, the one smile, I was thinking about even us being here, if I wouldn't. Of like got a, you know told you know if my wife wasn't rad and said you know go go to Monster Energy Cup yeah jump in I know Jeremy's you know your best friend and you know jump in with you know these guys and go on this mission we would we have history but we probably wouldn't have connected and this has no money attached if there's two or three people that I like honestly that no, watch, yeah, the two sure. or three people yeah. that watch this that something we said about recognize realize recreate or something about Dude, not judging and this and that about race, about life, about obstacles, about pressure of parenting, kids, this and that, being isolated, bubbled and separated. If someone pulls one thing of the three to four and one person like writes back somewhere and that one thing helped that one person, that is more than what the world needs right now. Because if yeah. everyone did one, we would have a tipping point, a domino effect that actually could create change and create could create people like us that might say, what the fuck? And might have word slang and this and that. We could be judged on that, too. But I know where my heart comes from. I know where my passion comes from. Yeah. I don't have any bad intentions behind the words. He was calling me out, not calling me out. He's like, dude, he's like, you're like, oh, man, we're going to change the world. We're doing this. We're launching Mended. Here's what we're doing. Light switch digital. It's going to be crazy, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and then all of a sudden, like five minutes goes by. I'm like, listen, Nick, dude, we got to fucking hit this hard, dude. I'm like, if you drop this, you drop this right here. We're going to fucking fail. We got to go after this. You understand? This is serious. Yeah. And it's why it's because I'm so serious about what I'm serious about. And if I want to go help someone going through cancer or going through this or going through, I am going to All fucking in. help yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's because I care that my words don't come from fuck you. Unless I'm joking with you. You're fucking, by the way, Sam came in and said to say, say what up, you piece of shit cunt over here. Oh, the <laughs> Sam <Ortex laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I fucking uh, love that guy. Oh, I don't know. Here, here's exactly what he said. I think it's Sam. Cause he hit, a, he hit up both of us. 
Samuel. Oh, yeah. Read it. Read it. <laughs> Sick interview. Tell Mark Payne he's a gay cunt for me. Ha ha ha. Oh, fuck. So, he's one of the better people. He's like on a dude. Oh, I love that dude. I mean, I mean honestly, I'm going to. Uh, Nick and I are going to do a project with him, and it's and I don't want to talk about it too much, but we're the only reason why he's just is fucking legend. Exactly, such a dope that's dude. it. He's a dope dude. He's like he's one of the dudes that like his smile, his charisma, his passion, his heart. I mean, personally, I've told him this, but I think Fisk could have a cooler name, and I gave him a couple of things around it that could t- twist it. And that was just me because I love the dude that so much. Brand, and you're like brand. I'm a brand guy. I'm brand sorry. Focus, so it's nothing yeah. negative. Like first off. Killed it, went after it, made something cool, brought together a community. And Anyone who's done anything, like, I, I, I congratulate my seven buddies that started underwear companies because of me. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Dude. There's enough room in the world. But anyways, rad dude. He's a legend. But something about that dude has a charisma that actually has such an, an, an unselfish giving nature that he doesn't, like, I mean, I, I honestly don't see that he's asking in return. Like, he's done little things for me that are just stupid stuff that means so much. Like, like yeah. I said, I'm not a guy that's like, give me a car, give me a boat. Dude, it's more like, give me an honest, an honest moment. Yeah. Give me an honest action. Give me an honest something, and that's like buying me a house or or yeah. taking me on a jet. I mean, like five hundred times that because I don't care about that superficial stuff. Well, it's, but it's, it's crazy. It's that, yeah, it's a genuine. Yeah, and and with Sam, um, it's crazy with him because, like, you watch. Um, oh yeah, you on? Yeah. yeah, thing shut off a while ago. Hey, hey, there's there's only so much time you can go without your phone <laughs> for you start freaking out. Dude, I'm actually about to. Um, I think we're not because I've got another iPhone in Australia. You going back to pagers? Yeah, dog. Burn a phone. <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking about it because it's fucking hard, man. Like, I want to ditch the iPhone. I want to. I want to get off that program, but uh, it's super. Oh, oh, you, oh, you go Samsung, huh, dog? No, I don't want. I want to go back in time. I want to go backwards. I don't want to do. Phones? Yeah, but the thing I was thinking about, I was like, fuck, it's hard. Like, you get, you get the podcast thing going, you get like all this other shit going. So it's like super hard to actually legitimately ditch it. Yeah. But what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he had, to, he had to make sure his po- his poker face. He's like, where's this going? Hey, uh, Her- hey, Hurley. <laughs> lick them nuts, son. It stopped. <laughs> um, so like what, what I'm thinking is my answer, right? Because like the email thing is like, it's fucking real. I do have to answer emails. The whole, you know, there's a reason to have an iPhone, of which course. which sucks. Which, yeah. But what I'm thinking I'm going to do is I'm going to have a second iPhone and I'm going to have one iPhone that stays at home and it's got apps on it. So it's going to have Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all that bullshit. And then my phone that stays with me is only going to have email, phone and text and Spotify. And Spotify. <laughs> Bec- you know what? Because it's like it's fucking gnarly right now. Like you're right, you dude. Have you? Do you, you get feel the, awkward? Do you like, get the twitch when I, you think I, your phone vibrated? Absolutely. And you're like, and you go and you check, and you've got no message. That's fucked up. Yeah. That is. That's the world we live up. in. It's bad though, it's bad. man. But that's that's the recognition that we think we need to feel compelled and fulfilled versus actually you have no idea. I'm sorry. Many in life, you wish and pray that they have that moment that you said that something led to this that led to golf that led to you yeah. being good friends with Jeremy Malott that led to you guys launching this podcast that led to, you know what I'm saying? It's the lead to is the raddest thing, but sometimes you're not having fun. Yeah. You're, you're, you might be doing something and not knowing why you're doing it. Once again, you should be making that the best moment of your life and you have no idea what that lead will step well, to. That's yeah. That's when you were talking about that. That's the, a big thing that I think a lot of people have a hard time with, right? 
is when you've got no money or when you're in a bad relationship, the better days seem, if you can even get your head around there being a better day, they seem so far away. Absolutely. So like I had a, I had an ex-girlfriend, like I was in a serious relationship with her. I never thought that would end, right? And I, had, I broke up with her. Was it her mappy? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> chicks with, chicks with dicks. Truth. Chicks with dicks. And so I was like, and then when that whole deal was going down, I was like, fuck, this is like, I, it was the worst thing because I was so sure that, that was, there was nothing going to be better. And then you fast forward to like months later and then the chick I'm with now, a thousand time better relationship. Yeah. So in the moment, and there's so many things where it's like, and when you, if you use that one example, then you go like, well, fuck, can you ever really have a bad thing happen to you? Right. Because you just don't know what's on the other side. Because it's like you just get these series of left and rights. Left is fucked, right is good. Right. And then you just, it, all you're doing in life is just left and right, left yeah. and right, left. You just, you don't know yeah. what, what comes of it. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, many, it's so like many people think they're breaking the system, but they're really still in the system. And I kind of give this analogy of school. Back in the day, there was th- the government controlled the, s- the things you learned, the, the, you know, the different types of courses you could take. They controlled you, and then they put you into the yeah. industrial kind of thing to kind of have the jobs and control almost the, the d- you know, your life. Some people broke out, but entrepreneurship wasn't the deal. Now everyone's, had, uh, everyone's on Facebook, right? Or I'm sorry, everyone's on social media like you talk about, and they're like, oh, well, look, I'm my own entrepreneur. Look, I got my thing. I'm controlling Dude. my stuff. You don't realize that the government and, and this, this young, intelligent dude called Zuckerberg are actually controlling your algorithm yeah, of what you see, when you see it, how you see it, what you see. If you launch a company, if you're now this entrepreneur, you're only controlling so much, but like that's where you have to get crafty. You have to be original. You have to forward think. You have to do a lot of different things. But the school system, old school, is now the social system, so, yeah, and exactly. it's still a system because guess what? Everyone we're in the world, in everyone in the world knows that we're not robbing a bank right now because we're right here talking about yep. chicks with dicks. Yeah, you know, chicks with dicks. <laughs> Jeez, I went off topic. Um, hey, you know, sometimes you got to go off topic, guys. I'm sorry, but you do. I was gonna say something. I feel like was halfway smart, and then the chicks with dicks just fucking threw me way. <laughs> out. Oh yeah, oh, he's like, oh, dude, I, I was gonna be the best writer in the world if you wouldn't change the subject, dude. <laughs> I was gonna tell you, them, <laughs> I was gonna say it's the that poetic shit. justice. It's <laughs> that poetic justice. Oh, dude, no, you know what it was? The fucking uh, the whole entrepreneur. I fucking hate that term now. It's so watered down. I feel like. <laughs> That and I get I'm, I'm being on my high horse, but I feel like what entrepreneurship is in 2017 is just you're unemployed with a fucking idea. That's all being an entrepreneur. Everybody, you're, you're, you're the CEO of an idea. Yeah, you just you're <laughs> unemployed, but you've got an idea, or you've thought of Uber before Uber, like you know what I mean. So it's like there's real, and that's what when people are like, are you an entrepreneur? And you're like, no, nah, I just work for myself. Like I just have a business. That gets paid, and then I pay myself out. I don't, I don't. I hate the fucking term entrepreneur now. And I probably would have owned it back in the day. Like I left school, and we do our spring break kind of deal is called schoolies. So you you do year twelve, and then you graduate, and then that next week straight after school, everyone goes away, and then they just party for a week. And then I had three grand saved up i worked at a fucking blockbuster and a grocery store so i and my school was sick because they knew we were a bunch of losers and they wanted us to get jobs early so in year 11 and 12 our school got out at one 
So I started work every day at 1.30 at the grocery store across the road from school and then I'd do a shift at the at uh, the Blockbuster and then when I quit there, I worked at Sizzler. So then I had this and I, I was saving up for schoolies and I don't know what it was. I have no entrepreneurial background or no business. My parents have jobs. They've my, at the time, my parents, my mum still worked for the same company and my dad had worked for our city council. So I didn't have anyone that was doing it. I don't know. I still to this day don't know what possessed me to do it, right? But I took my schoolies money and all my fr- I bailed on all my friends. I was like, fuck, I'm not going. And mum's like, what do you mean you're not going? I was like, I'm going to buy a bunch of blank t-shirts and I'm going to start a clothing brand. And, it, and I just took that three grand and I, don't, I still don't know why I did it. And then I pretty much haven't had a job since. And it was just like this one, and I like I had dreams. So this is kind of what we were saying before. I had dreams of having the next Fox or, or Ethica or whatever. And then I started a sticker graphics company for motocross bikes because no one in our town did that. So I got out a huge loan to buy this thing. And I did well out of that for a bit. And then my passion went elsewhere. And then I was like, oh, man, like Verb Moto. There was no Verb Moto mm-hmm. of Australia. And so I was like, I'm going to start Verb Moto of Australia. So I figured out how to build a website and then I did that. And then I, then that led me into cameras and then that led to, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, you, it kind of gets back to that thing of like, you can't make a, a wrong decision if it's a passion kind of deal. And if I didn't, and still to this point, I wouldn't say I'm killing it. Like I don't have the money to do whatever I want or whatever. But like me and Nick were talking about this. Like we got friends with a ton of money and it doesn't equate. It's, and it, but it's like, I was saying to him, because he's like, oh, it's cool we're doing this podcast. I was like, you'll be in it, and you'll be talking, and then once you stop, everyone's like, oh, that was pretty fun. You know what I mean? Like the right. camera, and then, that, so there's a fulfillment that comes from that. And I, I think about a lot lately is that there's this tax system that you have, right? And that it's, it, the money's the best analogy. So when you're like broke, or you, you're going to work, and you're not really getting ahead with money. You sort of, or like you make some bad decisions, you crash your car, you didn't have insurance, now you're 30 grand in the hole. And you know that the job you've got, that 30 grand is going to take forever to pay off. And then if you get sick and then you have like medical, and you can get so far in the hole that it seems like you'll never get out. But you can do that with yourself to where like say for me i always say accounting that would be my worst thing i can't fucking count for starters so being an accountant would literally be my nightmare so then say i'm an accountant and i just spend like years debt like in my soul getting debt and if you don't do things to like offset that debt and get yourself credits then you're gonna get to a point in your life where you can't get out of that hole and your soul is just complete. It's gone. Right. You've just taxed yourself so hard. So then I like to think about, all right, so with me, with my job, I don't like editing. So when I'm editing, that to me is like accounting. It's taxing my soul. So then I've got to go for a mountain bike ride or I've got to go for a surf or I've got to go for golf. So say it's like an hour of editing costs $20 to my soul or my, you know, whatever, my well-being. And then if, you, if I go play golf, that credits me $25. So I'm $5 in the green. So you just want to live in the green. And it's not, you don't need to stack up. What's the point if you're in the green by $5? Mm-hmm. What's the point of being in the green $500,000? It's all the same. You're still in the green. Right. So it's like just the, 
if you can just live a life that just keeps you in the green, then that's all that's all you need to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like it's realizing the things, like you said, that realize. You have to realize what puts you in the green and what puts you in the red. And then if you know yourself, like have self-awareness to the point where you're like, ah, this cost me 30 bucks, but that makes me 40. So like all of a sudden, if you go to work and you don't like your job and it costs you $40 a day and then a mountain bike makes you $45 a day in the afternoon, you're fucking on top. Yeah. It's literally that easy. And it's like, but the problem is with life now is I feel like you just get shit taxing you in so many well, ways. You, 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 you get like about... Five, five to ten thousand dollars up on the mountain bike. Five to ten thousand up on the mountain bike ride, and you realize, oh shit, I better get a job. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. So that's what I'm saying, though. I'm rich and broke. So being being in the green is just as bad as like super in the green is just about as being super in debt. So like it's the same. Like you just need to hover like just above. Right. Because what's the point? Yeah. Once you you get so far in the green, you take a year off and you just surf for a year, and then. You have to do all this shit that's going to tax you. So you're going to go whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, just figure it out. Figure out what taxes you, what gives you credit, and then just manage that in life. And it's it's not a crazy hard formula. And I think that's something that I've been trying to implement lately. Is like, let's just keep it just in the green. And then you're going to have days where it goes, you, you, you spend like a month working or six weeks where you do like a super gnarly trip or a right. project. And then, yeah, you're going to get in the in the red. Because I'd always want, like, I'd do these trips with work where I'd be away for a long time. And then I'd come back and I just couldn't fucking work after I got back. I just couldn't get it going. I'd sit at my desk and nothing would happen. And then this was before I had the tax credit system kind of idea in my head. But it was like I'd tax myself so much that it was like I got to that point. And I was like, no, you just you just need to fuck around for a week. That's just how it is. If you have three weeks of filming or three weeks of like gnarly shit, then yeah, sorry, dude. You just have to take a day off or yeah, a week off. It's just how it is, you know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's I mean, dude, the the cool thing is this is everyone's got their own thing. If you can find your your taxing and your credit, you know, and you kinda get your system, it's like whatever that is for you. I mean, like so much stuff that works for me probably doesn't work for Nick or yeah. you. And it's like, but the system overall is like, how is the, the cup full, half full, half empty? I mean, it's all scenarios, but if you can recognize, realize, and recreate for yourself what those scenarios are and what those things that are holding you back because you're, you're mentally draining yourself on something that actually is taking all your energy and holding your true potential, you know, from achieving. So it's like, like I said, I, I, I'm a big fan of whatever works for you. And so I, I always come in with like that similar thing with just openness of like, like I said, if I really digested you and like kind of mix of stuff, I'd like I love helping people, and I and I really kind of find in my life that I've built Ethica to help. Well, people. that I feel like that's kind of how Ethica started, really. It did because yeah. to me, from the outside, I wasn't involved at all. But to me, it was just like literally, it was Ethica family, and it was that seemed like it was just a means to an end to fucking have fun with your friends. Yeah. It wasn't that's about essentially what it was, yeah. and that yeah. but that that's like, and again, we said like that's why shit works, yeah, because yeah. it was real, yeah, exactly. it wasn't a oh this is the trend or this underwear it has to be this way, yeah, like you probably picked the hardest fucking thing to sell, underwear, like fruit of the loom, cock and, and balls, yeah, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. no, it's it was it was it was like that's a tough sell. You didn't you didn't go easy the easy route on that, and it blew up because from the outside in, 
it looked like oh, fucking. But you know, I bought into it. Uh, so many people did, yeah. and I didn't buy into it, buy into it because of any other reason than like, fuck, that looks fun. Like that, and that's that's like the big. That's why you're a branding dude. That's why you are so good when it comes to branding. Is because you understand that it's not about it's it's for sure not about the product in a lot of what like obviously you have to have a good product but people aren't buying fox because that's the only gear you can ride a motocross bike in that's not real right it, it, it anything in life like first off if anyone here launched a company and if you launched it right it would be an extension of you and those beliefs of you are why you have the friendships and why people circulate and crowd around you and get energized and have fun so i was traveling the world i was going through all these things i was naturally using these brands and everyone thought I owned no fear because I dove so deep into it yeah. that I stayed on starting lines. I, I walked around this kid Dalton at, uh, at, um, at Washougal, Wash, that's one by your house, right? No, uh, Bud's Creek. I mean, sorry, Bud's Creek that had no arms and no legs. He was like six years old. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Little kid. And he went around a little quad and I'd pick him up and I just go walk around. I'd take him into Carmichael's because I did not care about anything except for the fact that my, heart my gut and everything told me you to just do wanted that. to do it yeah. i wanted to do it ethica was was something when the name hit dude i had so many dumb names if you look back at the mini wars videos there was f-o-r-u-m that was the first ethica because i was going to start the underwear in 99 i didn't want to make underwear and and make something bigger than underwear by big by building a culture there was forum there was gosh there were so many dumb names and i'm sitting there and all of a sudden uh i, I was watching the movie road trip with tom green and they oh. and and they went <laughs> one of the old they, they went they went on that savage trip to save the sex tape that got sent to the you know you know the University of Ithaca, so they went on that mission to Ithaca, New York, I T H A C. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there and and uh, Boston, huh? Boston, Boston, Texas. Oh remember? yeah, Boston, te yeah. <laughs> and I, and I was sitting there and I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm like, wow. I'm like, rad friends, good times, the journey of life, the unexpected, all these different things. Ithaca, and I'm like, oh shoot, how do I make it mine? And I T H A C A became E T H I K A, which was dominant but then ended in A because I wanted to be unisex because I knew I wanted to make men's and women's yeah. underwear. <clears throat> and then Ethica was athletics, ethnicity, much like I always voice. I'm really sick and tired of the historical side of racism and all these stupid things. And if we just can start embracing the fact that, you know, these things, so e ethnicity, ethics, how we live, how we present ourselves, and then athletics kind of just the Ethica yeah. kind of felt into it. It was like, it was athletics symbolized me, not just a sport. It was anyone going after something they are proud of. And then the, you know, the icon was an arrow through a circle. It's a guy girl symbol for sexuality. Once again, unisex. I grew up in a crazy home, tons of cousins, like lots of a gnarly, a gnarly upbringing. But the company was an extension of me that I felt in this crazy category. I could do something bigger than a product and make people inspired, make people feel good, give them a family, give them something to gravitate. Cause I knew that people were out there suffering with, losing people, losing families, drugs, this and that, all these different things. And so I realized at a young age, which a life coach is helping me to get through, is that I couldn't find anger. I couldn't find hate. Um, and when I found, actually, when he finally got me to find the anger, it was sad because I saw people suffering and dying around me. And I was mad that I couldn't help them at age four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 up. And so Ethica was my way to go out and create this product to help people, to give them that inspiration on something that moms always say. It's like, hey, you know, I see your cool shirt, your V-neck, your tats, your hat, your glasses, your cool headphones, but it's what's inside. It's it's what's on the inside that counts. And that was that stuck with me too because I'm like, I'm like, and Jim Gennard, the founder of Oakley, and his yeah. 
and everyone's like, dude, it's not a billboard. It's not this and that. Dude, the coolest things aren't a billboard. The coolest things no one can see. Your heart, your passion, your drive, your soul, what you're going to put out there. Ethica symbolized all these things. This non-conflicting category was just a category that I saw a billion-dollar a billion-dollar industry that I could use to make sure that all my friends were invited, and that means that the Nike friends, the Hurley friends, the Volcom friends, the Etnies friends, yeah, everyone, yeah. because it was a category that was non-conflicting. So basically, by doing that, everyone came to my bar barbecue. Everyone got inspired, and I turned what never got told as a product. No one knew what I was going to make forever because I was, you know. I was yeah, I remember being a kid and seeing the Ethica logos on like Travis and shit. Like the fuck is Ethica? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we yeah, were, like, we were I running mean, the logos dude, in Mini years. Warriors days since yeah, yeah. two thousand, and we didn't even. He was sticking them on Millsaps, myself. Millsaps and, and Drake McElroy and Carrie Hart were on the covers of racetracks and everything with like Ethica stickers. Like, yeah. And like, oh, three. I mean, I know I had two Moto pay Playground covers with Ethicas on there in 2000, 2001, and nobody, everyone's like, well, well, what is this? Sheckler won the X Games at age 13 with an Ethica sticker as big as the multi $100,000 Volcom sticker and Boost Mobile sticker. That's yeah. what was always sick to me about the whole Ethica brand is the fact that. I I could understand that I didn't know the economics, but I could understand the economics from Australia as a kid. Being like, I just did the math. Like, well, they don't make anything, and it's just the fucking sticker, and it's all this crew. And I was like, I just did the math. Is like they're running that shit for free. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, no one's getting paid. There's not even a product. So that made me buy into the brand. And I think obviously a lot of other people did that math as well. Like, do you, Nick, do you remember seeing Ethica on logos and shit I back do, in the day? I remember it on that Pastrana jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that. So it's like you created something <coughs> that it was real because, it's genuine. No, yeah, no yeah. one's getting paid. Like, uh, again, to have that logo on Shecklin Ford at 13 is fucking bank, son. Like, you really have to be well, paying for and that then, And then the Life of Ryan, his TV show. Yep. Life of Ryan, he was wearing shirts every other episode. Like, I don't know, was it 07, 07, 08? Technically, we didn't even make shirts. Like, I mean, made them for promo oh, use no, only. I know. By the way, like, by the way, I, I probably, well, I'm sorry. $50,000 never even went on books was just me taking my nice, blessed salary of Alpine Stars and traveling the world, what I was doing and funding the company this way, but not knowing business. So all, I mean, probably 75 to, I mean, I couldn't even make the products. I was going to Japan back and forth and Japan kept cross sewing it, this and that. And you have to wait three weeks, six weeks, yeah. a month. Dude, I'm like sitting there years go by and I couldn't get something that made me have that. Oh damn, this is yeah. it moment. And my whole thing in my head was if I gave them to Nick, if I gave them to Sheckler, if I gave them to all my tastemakers and they actually, called me and i was waiting for this call that said dude i gotta throw out my calvin's dog this is the jam yeah dude i finally got that call later on when i finally lengthened it giving confidence giving all these things which no one was doing putting fashion and function together so you basically my thing was is why have to ch you know change but like why yeah, not that was the first like fashion longer kind you know, of yeah. like printed yeah. cool yep. prints yeah. banana dicks coming out yep. like yeah. no one was doing that and it's so rare in this day and age, obviously this was, you know, 10 years ago or whatever now, but like even 10 years ago, it was fucking hard to do something that no one had done before. Like crazy, crazy hard yeah. to do something new. So like to do that, it's 
pretty gnarly, dude. Well, I was gonna say I was, where I was leading to, my head got all bana- you know, a little sidewinder. Banana, banana dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you, I think you somehow teabagged me from over there, big dog. <laughs> um, so was the fact that I actually was like so frustrated. I thought I was gonna lose this trademark and lose all this stuff because I was filing it myself. I didn't have Kenobe Martin and Bear, the biggest trademark attorney for a while, which I spent another sixty grand on plus. You know, with all the trademarks globally and everything, trying to keep this thing protected learning what I learned so much now, which is why I can help people launch companies and do things. But I created the, uh, the beginning, I think, and many and Gromageddon. So the ext- after many warriors, there was the beginning in Gromageddon and it was by Ethica Productions. Yeah, so, that's right. so I'm seeing, so and Ethica started like I was putting it on all kinds of stuff and it was out there as I was trying to hone in and define this product and tighten everything up. Yeah. And then how did, so where are you at with mended now? So, um, well, Ethica's still charging. You know, I'm still an owner of Ethica, but um, my wife, anyways, two years, preg- you know, wife pregnant, this and that, some health complications. She's doing good, and we have a beautiful daughter. But um, once again, and no sleep, and no sleep. Yeah, that's what, right now, and also no hunger. I'm spitting up dust. Where's where's your where's your Scooby Snacks, doggy? Should we be Uber eating some yeah, shit? Uh, <laughs> no, but, we could, we could, How long have we been going for? No, we no, could wrap this up soon. Okay, but so so anyway, so once again, if anything you build or this podcast or anything you do is a passion and extension of you. It's going to be hard to beat you because you're putting it is naturally everything in and it's all in because it's your gut, your emotions and what you feel. Ethica told you what it meant. Mended came about. Actually, Mitchell Bailey, who's one of my greatest dudes, helped me take Ethica Global with designs and everything. One of my best friends. And uh, he uh, he he said, hey, I told him I was going to launch this kind of like motocross kind of gear line as one of these brands. And I said, it's going to be like a more fashionable retro kind of thing. I want to make these jerseys for Meek Mill and all my boys. He's like, well, you own these five brands or six brands. He's like, he's like, I got this one. I, I never trademarked or anything, but it's called Mended. And it was M-E-N-D-E-D. I'm all doggy. Anything in this date today, if, if it's a name, no fear or like anything. Tracks, T-R-A-X. It's like, I'm going to do. I got this idea for a company. It's, we're going to call it Apple. I'm yeah. like, uh, I'm just saying it might be taken. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That kind of feeling. So my thing is like, it's common sense is that. If you pick a name called like Savage and you think that someone hasn't trademarked Savage or done something with Savage, you're going to have a lot of issues on domains, yeah. on trademarks, on everything. Not to mention, you could file a trademark. Someone fight not for you have to be selling in commerce for five years with legitimate selling. And then it's not till five years where they could say non disputable, meaning someone can't come after you. Yeah. So in that five year span, you could get to a multi million dollar company and someone could say, sorry, the logo's too close in resemblance to mine. I'm filing this. I'm worth a million. I'm going to shut down your company. Pull um, Chanel did it to DC when they sold the Quicksilver with that, uh, the DC yeah. and, and they, they waited till they were big enough to shut them down. So anyways, mended, I said, Oh, what about Emmy? And I looked and there wasn't any real, there wasn't any companies that were real with M E N D E D. So I did M E N D I D. And then all of a sudden as I, as everything starts to like any relationship starts to nourish, you, you process, you're saying dumb stuff. You're all over the place. I'm like, all of a sudden, I looked at the name. Uh, it's M E N D I D, and the first two letters are me. Then there's also E N D, and then there's I D. And I'm like, dude, what's the biggest thing about life? Living life to the fullest. Don't live with regret. Go after your dreams. Figure out your shit. Make it happen, and have no excuses. Me, in the end, I did. Mended, and it's and it's wrapping all the things, mending and combining all the things that are important to you in your life to go after your dreams, because at the end. You want to make sure you look back and have nothing you regret that you live life to the fullest. So mended, um, started like that. Um, I launched a while back. Nick, Nick joined the team a while back and has obviously been a huge help. And, um, 
And basically, it's going to be an accessory company. But I started because of my roots. I started making gear. Libor Podmall has been rocking gear and winning everything. Libor's the best, and and I need to send him some more stuff. But I'm just making stuff because I don't want to be a gear company. I don't want to be all you know. I, I but I but I like that cultural side of mended. I think is my new inner me. The extension that built Ethica is now the extension that is going to go help mend this crazy disruptive world and and give give tools to do it give stories of every obscurity that should have me failing and not here and not have built ethica and not be alive for flipping cars and breaking bones and you know all these things mended will stand for that and it's how we carry ourselves so our slogan is how you know how you carry yourself it's not about what we said so basically once again it's not about one product it's about a way of feeling a way of living and so i'm going to create the same thing i did with ethica and i'm going to inspire people to dig and to find out why and who they are and if they can carry themselves and they can understand that why factor then they can really realize what their potential is and go after their dreams mended is like that in in the end you look at your kid you look at your you look at your brother sister mother cousin aunts nephew sisters little niece and you go i did it here's my story yeah so we're building a story for people to build their stories because i actually it's not about us it's about people and i want to hear theirs and so that's kind of where it's going so we've developed a, a some pretty cool stuff that is going to be launching officially. We've been selling stuff around the world, but launching officially um, with a whole new kind of build and a whole new direction still around the name and the same movement, just uh, different products that I think will allow people to, to embrace their journey in unique ways by, by using these products. Yeah. And I think that that's honestly like the, I guess the reason I wanted you to come on for the first podcast. Cause I think that this whole, the whole podcast thing, it's super, um, it's super weird in a way because it's like this i go back and forth like is it narcissistic to want to like fucking talk live on the internet is it a you know what i mean but then the i just see so i have a lot of conversations with people i'm i'm thinking about this kind of stuff all the time and it's like you said it before it's like if one person like maybe i'm not interesting enough but if your story is interesting enough and if you've you know you've gone through some shit you know what I mean? Like you've lived a crazy life and there's, there's cautionary tales. There's joy in there. There's so much stuff. And it's like, like you said before, if it can help one person, if it can, then that's all you really need to do. So I think that, yeah, that's honestly, I mean, we've been going back and forth about doing this for a, a few weeks well, since Vegas really. So yeah, I'm stoked that you guys are on here for the first one. We'll, um, I mean, fuck, what are we up to? Like 30,000 viewers right now. So I mean, wow. no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> hey that that was legit though but you know you know what though but dude, you, pro props to you yeah. for doing that i know you have the you guys have that rad golf one and that's like a passion but i can't i can't wait to see where you take this one because the the fun the belief the unselfishness i mean having nick and just friends helping you to do it it's not it's not a monetary thing it's not a dollar that's separating it's 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 a vision it's a feeling like i said and if if the thing gets up to i'd rather have a a healthy thousand than an unhealthy 50,000. Yeah. I'd rather have a healthy thousand followers on Instagram than a, than a healthy 50. I mean, my average like is probably the reality of my 47,000 followers. My average like is like, you know, likes is like, let's just say three, 400. That's my kid, maybe 500. That's my kid. Yeah. That's not Ethica. That's not people getting free product. That's not what they're going to get from mended. That's not what it, what I want to give is something much bigger and I'm going to start changing and crafting and putting this out there. But once again, 400 or three or 400, that is my 
greatest accomplishment in the entire world is my beautiful daughter, you know, and of course, you know, my strong, amazing wife that obviously, you know, brought this joy to my life. There is nothing greater in the entire world. And so when I sit there and there's 300 likes, 47,000 followers, I'm so appreciative for the 300 likes. And I, because I believe that there's only so many people that can truly, you know, come in and embrace. Like I said, it's like Tiger Woods. He probably has his 300 too. Yeah. And his 300 people that know that he's a good dude, know that he suffered from things, know that he grew through this childhood stardom and all these things, and they'll accept and appreciate. And there's probably really two or three, but I'm saying if you go to the world, how we're all live now and we're taking these things out yeah. there, point is, I'm stoked because Nick has a crazy story. You've got a crazy story. I'm sure if we put Nick on the mic, he's got some crazy stories. Nick seen if, some shit. If it did, <laughs> yes. Dude, as, as long as he didn't die on us, dude, because that was a, that, that cop said it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, he's, he's back. He's back. But I, I, he's been holding that in for an hour. He hasn't <laughs> breathed. Yeah, but like on behalf of like Nick and myself, like I said, this this to me is like. If you look and you Google, you'll see I've done nothing of this for two years. I could be like, yeah, I built Ethica. Yeah, I'm an owner in Ethica. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm proud. I've got a big team. I've got over 60 people with jobs because of decisions I made. Yeah, 60 so people see. chasing their dreams because of decisions I made. Because of decisions I made, I have an amazing daughter. I've been reconnected with Nick after 10 years. Nick's now helping me accomplish my dreams. But when I tell him, I said, listen, if you help me go, you come with me when you come with me and you tell me what your what your yeah, vision then, is i will yeah. take everything regardless if, if i have to rip the shirt off my back in alaska and you know freeze for a minute to suffer for a minute to get you to yours and you know with your wife and your family and your life that is what real life is about that is when you recognize you realize and you recreate and you understand the importance and significance of the simple things dude sitting here for an hour and a half two hours like you said i don't i don't know I, it's your first it's your first podcast yeah. on this one. It could be 10 followers, it could be 50, it could be one. We could have pissed people off. We could have Oh, I didn't know Malcolm. He's like Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony Robbins. He's cursing. It's like those guys suck too. Everyone sucks. It's like, dude, you know what? I wish that person the best cuz I'm not for everybody, but I'll tell you one thing. I curse out of passion. I speak out of passion. If I could help the world be a better place and leave that is my legacy. If my daughter can look and know that her dad actually made steps for stuff he believes in versus conforming to the system and turning into a cog and doing nothing with his life and not breaking bones and jumping in and taking risks and, and, and risking whatever it is and even time away from my daughter, which is right now, which is the most valuable thing. So when I look, I reverse engineer the look in her eyes and I know it's time away from her. If it's time away from her, is it time for her? My belief in what you stand for and what's happening right here and why we're sitting here is the reason that I justified being here and not being back because I believe that you're doing these things for the right reasons. I've wanted to share. And like I said, I had so much damn fun with you on that trip to Vegas, yeah. you know, and then, like I said, Nick, like I said, the fun thing is Nick probably belongs maybe down the line. Like I didn't in many warriors or when I hosted TV or fuel TV or did MTV made or all these things I've done, dude, I was not supposed to be there. But if I didn't make these steps, if I didn't fall on my face, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be there. There wouldn't be people wearing Ethica. So I'm the closest thing to your jock. What up? You know, but, you know, what well, the, the thing the thing is for me, right, and going back to followers or whatever, like people won't really look at this. Like my friends will look at it. They might not even watch all of it. Doesn't I'm literally a better dude when I stop this recording and get up because I now know you. Right. We're a bit closer. Nick now knows both of you guys. Right. We're going to go get some dinner. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I, that, it, that's the, 
and it's that entrepreneurship thing. If I'm going into this and now I spend the next half hour looking at YouTube analytics and I get bummed because no one watched it, yeah. which is the reality. Right. That's not why, like this, and that's probably why it could succeed is because I'm not doing it for that. You get your story out there. Now we're friends. Yeah. Like you can, you're, you're welcome back on this any fucking time you want. Yeah, I appreciate you know that. what I mean? And it's like, that's really what it's about. And if I, like you said, if one person gets something from this, like I've got something from this, people don't even need to watch it. Yeah. We're, we're literally better humans now than we were at three o'clock when you guys walked well, in. Well, hey, how, what, what's, what's, uh, how can they message you or is it on Facebook? I, I'm just curious. Cause like, I always say this, if we spend our time, we do do this and we threw a bunch of stuff out there. I dude, I'm so stoked when you get that message if someone took something yeah. from it or how you can grow as a as a host. Well, what's your what's your Instagram? Let's do a little shout out thing. I'll put it in the description as well. Your Instagram. My Instagram is Malcolm M A L C O L M. So fucking gangster. It's straight up Malcolm. So fuck. How early were you on that fucking bandwagon? I was late, dude. How he did actually you get just it? got it. I, I did. I got <laughs> it a little while back. I mean, I'm not. You know, it's it was Malcolm. Uh, X. It was Malcolm underscore Ethica. Yeah, then it became okay. Malcolm underscore McCassey, and then it became Malcolm. Dude, and if I can no, you know what? The dude that has Jace is a fucking savage. So I follow that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm never getting at Jace because he does like all Bieber's videos, like and Skrillex. Oh, right. Like he's the shit. I'm never yeah. getting that. No, you so, got a chance, dog. No, nah. I don't. No. I don't even want it. Fuck it. I don't no. even want it. And Nick, any 47. You got it. Follow oh, for best crashes ever. Daily crash Dude, not so much anymore. I think uh, spending more time with Malcolm, I've kind of tried to stare away a little bit. I like the funny side. I follow my stories if you want crashes, but mainly my posts are a little bit more Spandex. grown up now. Uh, not so much <laughs> spandex anymore. Full speeds, dude. Full, full speeds. speeds. But, no. but, but, but it's, it's funny because it's like, I just like, just a quick cap on that is like, it's like, it's, dude, Nick, are you like does this crashing fulfill your life and does all yeah. this editing and all this time but his, he wanted to probably inspire and make people laugh he's so damn good at what he does it like creatively i love yeah. it so so he, awesome. so he's not gonna stop but at the same time as i hang out with him more again knowing him for 20 years the potential that he has i'm not gonna stop giving him shit and pushing him because i see yeah. the potential and and obviously he's done so much on his own and as a friend and as someone that likes to mentor through my mistakes and 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 fewer successes you know um wins or whatever is that dude nothing makes me happier than see him go home hug his wife his wife uh, that the, the joy carry go after his things i said dude any I, any idea you don't give me is the worst idea in the world i said i could say like 25 things right now i probably said 25 stupid things on this thing but once again please you can judge me for that if that makes you feel good at the end of the day i think i said a couple good ones that leave people with some positive sides yeah. and in no way was it an attack or the snap. But I mean, anyways, back to, back to, back to people in general is like this podcast, hopefully, you know, with your great maneuverability and, and, and stories, passion coming from Australia, the moves, the back and forth, I mean, almost dying, you know, with your kidney. I mean, these are like real stories that you need to make sure and put in there because we started this thing and m most of your friends watching that are on your, your channels, probably have no idea who I am mm. or have no idea really. I pieced the little things together, but if we really broke it down, if you really broke it down, that's kind of like the cool six to eight minutes I'd love to open up with as, and I don't even know what I'd say. Cause I don't do these. Like I'm not, yeah. it's not like, dude, I'm not a talker. Okay. I talk because I care, but I'm just as pumped. You talked a ton. 
You know, Nick was. Yeah. Nick I've was, been listening. Nick's, Nick, Nick's been listening, but I'm a great listener. I'm a great. Hey, listener. Nick is a good listener. Is that if you had a, if you had a Bumble profile, would that be like on your profile? Dude, I don't I even love know listening. what it would. Dude, you've been out of the game answer, so long. Yeah, I can't answer that question. I have no idea. I'm literally blind to it. Like I love my wife to death, and honestly, every day goes by, I love her even more. So for me, like to even look at what single life would be like, it's almost be so bizarre. It'd be, it would be bizarre. I would yeah. probably go back to being 12 years old in the car with my hands going, uh, <laughs> hi. Dude, so I mean, I, I laugh, but I, like, I literally, when I go into things, sometimes I'll be like, Heh, and I'll just throw something as, as a joke to some, you know, a situation just to see if I still have any kind of like communication skills. And I realize that I think I became the kid. The game has changed, dude, son. But it's, but it's like, but it's like you, fa- <laughs> dude. For guy, for, you know, it's different. It's a different place. But I'll tell you one thing: I wouldn't trade it for anything. And like I said, it's like I, it's a fun life. But you mentioned food a minute ago, and I think we're, I'm spitting up dust. So, dude, a lot of love, dude. Thanks for hey, having us yeah, on. Thank you gonna, so much. I think we should take him to Seoul. You want to go to Seoul? Seoul. Get a margarita and shit. Margarita. All right, I'm gonna fade. I'm gonna fade this shit out audio right. wise. Hey, thank you, boys. You thank did. you. Right, we dog. did the first one. All right, it's been real. Fucking love you guys. All right, and uh, until episode two of Gypsy Tales, which is uh, completely unplanned. Hey, Sam, he's all yours. Sam, you fucking love you, Sam.